The following is a KPV Media Works production. Choose your fighter. Welcome to another oh, episode of KPB Cast, guys. With me today, I have Chris G. Thank you very much for being here, good sir. Uh, it's definitely great to be here. And before we go on, I'd just like to point it out to you guys. Remember, the show is available on Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Apple, iHeartRadio. Uh, uh, two of our affiliates, Acquire Clothing. Go over there, check it out. A lot of really cool stuff they do for us. And Sultamiya Art, you know, she uh, specializes in a lot of... I mean, a lot of Japanese animation, but she could actually, she, she's a great artist, man. She could do anything you want. Uh, you know, reach out to her and uh, she'll commission, and you could, she'll commission something for you. But anyway, again, like I said, guys, this is Chris G. And we're going to get into his background, you know, what he's been up to and what his future is. And first question right off the bat, like I always ask everybody on this show, what was your earliest gaming uh, memory? What's the earliest gaming recollection you could think of? Um, weirdly enough, I actually have a, a vivid memory of, uh, of gaming. I remember being a kid, three, four years old, and I don't know who was it, but somebody was playing Super Mario World. And, uh, it was one of the stages with the caves. It's funny that I actually remember this, but, uh... I don't know. For some reason, it just it just stuck with me, and like I remember as a kid, you know, just playing, go going through all the Mario games. It was actually like one of the best times of my life, and I. Funny enough, I didn't know when when Super Mario All Stars came out. I didn't know that there was an older version of every Mario game. And, uh, so like, you know, I, I would just play all stars, you know, Mario one lost levels, obviously two, three. And then like, I remember busting out the Nintendo and I'm like, what's this? Like, this, this is like, you know, you go from HD to then <laughs> you go to previous version. You're like, this ain't the same game. This game sucks. I'm going to go back to Super Nintendo. Of course, my Mario, Super Mario world. It's just like uh, Mario 64 changed it, you know, coming out 3D. Everybody's like, oh, my God. You know, the jump from 8-bit to 16-bit with Super Mario World, and I remember it, too. It's like, geez, what a different game. You know, screw the older ones, man. It's like, I mean, just what a game changer it was. But um, growing up, and you remember that, did you have any siblings uh, that you were maybe competitive with uh, when it came to video gaming? Yeah, uh, pretty much my my older brother. He's four years older than me. So most of the time, if my mother got something, it was either like for the family, like quote unquote. But a lot of times it was just my, my brother playing everything. And uh, yeah, he used, to, he used to pretty much beat me like all the time. Along with my uncle. My uncle's really the one that got me into fighting games. And, uh, oh, really? you know, they they would be playing... Marvel's Capcom, I remember playing Mortal Kombat with them, like, all sorts of fighting games, and, uh, yeah, I was just, I was just getting picked on all day. Well, you said your uncle, he was the one that mainly introduced you to fighting games, 
And again, you mentioned Super Mario Worlds, obviously Super Nintendo times. Does that mean that maybe he took you out to an arcade or did you start off with the console versions of uh, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat? Oh, all of it was console at first. Um, I do have a memory of, of one of my uncles, you know, bringing me to Chinatown Fair the first time. And funny enough, I didn't know how close it was. So I thought it was like going on this crazy trip to the arcade, but little did I know I'm actually in the Lower East Side of, of Manhattan in New York City. And right next to that is Chinatown. So I, I didn't know that I could just walk there. It didn't take till like years later before I was like, wait a minute, like this was right next to me the whole time. So I was playing, you know, MK1, 2, and 3 on uh, uh, Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo Ultimate Mortal Kombat, of course. And then Street Fighter came a little bit afterwards. I actually wasn't really a Street Fighter fan. So for the most part, it was just Mortal Kombat. What was it about finding it? Well, when he um, introduced you to them, um, did you take to a liking to them right away? Or was it just it's like, oh, it's just another video game. I'm playing with my uncle. You know, we'll, we'll spar in it competitively. What, was it always just fun for you then? Or did you take, uh, did you start, did you take it to it competitively right away? Which one was it? I think at some point we just, didn't like losing. I, I don't know. I, I don't think anybody in my family, not even my mother, like losing. So <laughs> it, it, it was just one of those things where like, you know, if it was me and my brother playing, it didn't matter if I was five, six, seven, eight, freaking two years old, a baby, I can't even hold a controller. You know, like it, it was just one of those things. It was like, damn, I, I, I want to win. Like, <laughs> especially when you know, I, I, think, I think the bigger problem is you're getting destroyed. So, you know, like, obviously no one knew how to even dodge grabs as a kid. So it was kind of like, wait, did I get grabbed? Did I not get grabbed? You know, I I don't understand what's going on. So it was just kind of like button mashing and praying to God. And that's awesome that you came from a competitive family. I was talking to Josh360 at the early days of this uh, podcast, and he mentioned how important it is to have family members. In his case, it was his brother. And now you're telling me it's your cousin, even your mom, everybody. You guys just hated losing. Yeah, how important exactly. Was that? We all played. How important was that for, you know, to to train your brain, especially with video games? You know, I mean, we're still talking about 93, 94 here in New York, I don't think there was a big competitive scene like it was out in the West Coast. I don't remember that far back, although I should. But again, did that did that help out with you uh, having a strong mind for competition in video games? Yes, kind of actually. Um, I think what it mainly came down to was like being made fun of. And being attacked for losing, you know, by, by, by family members and stuff. So it's like, you know, even as a kid, which, which, you know, it does sound kind of depressing, you know, imagine just like looking down like, yeah, you suck. So (laughs) at at some point I just had to like deal with it. You know, same thing with like competing in general, right? Like you just kind of have to just deal with it. Like, oh man, I'm about to get, I'm about to get roasted by the internet in like two seconds. (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess, in, in a lesser sense, you know, growing up in that environment already, it did help. 
Here's a good question. And like you said, you didn't even realize Chinatown was like just down the, down the block from you where you could just go. Right off the bat, you say your uncle took you to Chinatown Fair. Did you experience arcades before Chinatown Fair or was Chinatown Fair your first experience where everything, you know, all these lights, all these sounds, the things that catch people is like, man, what the heck is going on in there? I have to go check it out. Like, what was your experience with it? Your first experiences. I, I, I just remember, uh, so I don't, I don't really know if my brother used to go more, right? Again, he was four years older than me, so I didn't really understand yeah. like what he was doing with his time. Um, but I just remember going there once with my uncle, and this was during the time when DDR first came out. And my brother, for some reason, he used to be like one of the first people to get the first anything. He's actually in the Xbox magazine getting the 360. He's the first person to get that. Uh, oh, he was wow, the first person awesome. to get the Kinect. He was on the he was uh, on the line. We were all on the line for the Engage when that dropped. You know, I oh. think I think my god oh. my god brother was like was like third in line or something like that. <laughs> and you know, so they they were already doing their thing. Um I think technically we went there first to play DDR. So, you know, I was a little scared because I like seeing all these lights and seeing people play things. I was kind of like afraid of like, oh, snap. Like, he's kind of like having stage fright. You know, all I right. remember was going to like the corner playing Marvel 1. Even while like Marvel 2 is already out, for some reason, I I liked playing Marvel 1 more. So that was pretty much like what I was doing and like, you know, they were showing off playing DDR and stuff like that. Um, but it wasn't until later on where I was like, oh, snap, like, okay, like, let me actually try out all these games. Like, this is all exciting and stuff. Like, anime games, what's that? You know, playing Arcana Hard for the first time. That was when, like, I I really started to, like, jump out of my shell and, uh, like, start playing other things. Before, I was, I was kind of like a scared little kid. Well, around that time, um, I believe it was around that time, places like Broadway Arcade, uh, you know, bodegas stopped having arcade machines. Uh, Broadway Arcade, I believe, died around that time. I, I want to say maybe it was around 94, 95, so I don't know if you have any experience with them. Playland up here in Westchester was big, and they were already gone. So, I mean, you had Chinatown Fair right down the block from you, and like you said, you, it helped you get out of your shell. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. With, um, when you started going there by yourself, I guess, uh, did you, well, how can I word this? It's basically when you started going there by yourself and like you said, you wanted to start getting a little bit more competitive with everybody, because I mean, by all means, this is a competitive, um, environment. I'm sure you, did, did you ever, uh, did, did you ever collide with the big names of Chinatown Fair in your early days with it? Like Justin Wong, Yipes, you know, Sanford yes. and all the boys. Um, they were still, like, to me, I didn't know the scene, right? So, like, I didn't know who mattered, right? I guess, quote-unquote, mattered, right? Um, right. So, like, just going over there and, you know, really learning CVS2, really learning Third Strike and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I would see, like, these guys come through. And a lot of times it's funny, too, because even... Even growing up, 
they still had like their own little like entourages. They still had their own little cliques, you know. So I would see Justin roll through. I'd see Noel, you know, Yipes, Remix, EMP Remix, Nelson, which was my roommate at one point. You know, he passed away. Uh, so I I saw I saw a lot of those guys, and yeah, it it, it was bad when when they stepped on the machine. And if I was playing something, it was it was a disaster. Like. <laughs> I just got destroyed without, and the worst part is like, it, it is one of those, uh, things where you expect it to happen where like, they just really just don't care. They're like just beating you. And I'm like trying my hardest just to take a round. It just wasn't happening. (laughs) You mentioned, uh, clicks and uh, groups and everything like that. And we've had quite a few people on here and I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, when you started venturing out there by yourself and you sort of hit on it, but was it a welcoming environment? Cause I've had people tell me it wasn't, I've had people tell me it has, I, I, I went over to Chinatown fair. I have a, you know, I, I just tended to ignore it. You know, I was there to play some KOF, uh, everything else that was going on was an ancillary for me. But how about you? Uh, like did, did you feel tension or it's like, oh, this group, you know, doesn't want to hang out with this group or anything like, like, what did you feel? Did you feel like it was a welcoming environment? I'm going to be completely honest. That's what uh, we're here for. And this this is this is going to Chinatown Fair for years. I was I was pretty much the kid that didn't have nowhere else to go. So Chinatown Fair was the spot. And Yeah, no. It 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 was probably one of the most toxic environments I've ever been in. In fact, it the, the real reason I even jumped out of my shell was because of how toxic it was. When I first when I first started going to Chinatown Fair, I still was that kid in the shell. I wanted to just mind my business, you know, put on my headphones and play the games. Like I wasn't really there to make friends because not to mention the guys were like I'm mean, let's be honest, five to ten years older than me. So as as a kid in high school you know, finally learning, you know, oh, snap, like, oh, I'm I'm 15, I'm 16 years old. And I'm like, I finally have a grasp of how to anti-air with Ryu, right? And, yeah, like, there was, there was bullying literally everywhere. The only reason I couldn't learn KOF was because they would take out knives on people. Um, uh, puzzle, all, all puzzle games, right, which is pretty much Puzzle Fighter, like, they had the old guys... You, you pretty much just couldn't play because, yeah, you'd get destroyed. Um, you know, a lot of threats. And it, like I said, just, just pretty much basic bullying. Like, I, I have oh. my uh, my stories with, you know, Empire Arcadia itself. And, of course, it, it just wasn't really good times. Um, and then I, I started to realize, like, oh, snap, like, I need to fight back like as a person, like as my own being. And that that's what pretty much made me like take off my headphones. And like, that that's why they, they have those pictures of me. Like, so before I have these headphones, right? They're on my head. Yeah. Growing up, this was on my head 24 seven. You couldn't take it off. Like, I kid you not. Like you could be talking to me. I just don't care. Um, After Chinatown Fair, that's when I started wearing it. Ha, ha, ha.
so it's because I, I realized what was going on around me and it was just in, in general, it was just a really, really bad environment. Of course I have good memories, you know, but of course, yes, of course. Not everything is negative. I, I'm yeah, but it didn't really have to be that way. There was a lot of betrayal. There was a lot of fighting. I remember, you know, having literally to fight outside of uh, of the actual Chinatown Fair, you know, where people were coming up with rumors and stuff like that. And it just, it was really weird. Like, you know, and, and, and I actually talked about this uh, just the other day where I was like, there were so many people. People talk about, oh, you know, oh, you think, you know, things is bad now, like you should see back then, or, you know, things ain't real now. Things were realer back then. I'm like, no, right. you were just all bullies. Like th there was, there was a big, and of course there was a big difference between, you know, being competitive and, and feeling, you know, macho about beating somebody. And then the whole other aspect of it, which is, you know, attacking people for, being bad or attacking people for not fitting in or attacking people because you think they're weird, you know, that, that was what was really going on. And of course, you know, people are going to lie and stuff like that, but I lived it and I seen, you know, at least a hundred people come and go from Chinatown fair. And like, they were like, I can't, I can't take it. What uh, made you keep going back? You said it yourself, uh, nice being pulled down people, uh, betrayal, lying, rumors, you name it all. Was it because you knew gaming uh, was definitely part of your life and this is this is what you wanted to do? This is where you were able to open up? Yes and no. Um, of course, growing up, all I did was play video games. I didn't really experience the real world because I, I didn't really get that opportunity. So... You know, I I just would go to school, right? Elementary school, middle school, and then of course I finally hit high school, you know, and I wanted to finally like develop my own identity. And you know, so that was when I actually started to go out, you know, visiting the other boroughs and stuff like that. And at like at that point was it in the high school, New York when... City crime that uh didn't let you experience the real world? No, no, no. It, okay. it was just one of those things where life just wasn't great. And okay. in high school, that's when that's when it got really, really bad. And, you know, so I've, I've mentioned this a few times. I used to get kicked out of my house and just wander the streets for like 10 hours at a time, just literally walking, like not knowing what to do. So, Video you know, with a few dollars. Right. Yes. So with a few dollars, you know, and of course, this is me playing you know, GameCube, it's me playing, you know, Super Nintendo, all those games. And, you know, I, I, at that point, like, I would just lose my life in it because I didn't know anything else. So with every little dollar that I started getting, you know, even when I started working, I would just go to Chinatown Fair and just spend my time there. What kept me staying, though, was, I guess, long story short, you know, something something bad really happened and it was like one of those moments where i realized i can't be the same person that i am i was very cold i was very standoffish i you know i just i didn't want to deal with people at all you know because i felt like again growing up 
Like people were bad. And even though I still pretty much think that way, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to deal with things. And when, when that specific bad thing happened in my life, I, I told myself that I will never suck. I will never fail again. And I promised the person like, you know, at some point, like I, I've been doing this like for, for a few years now. And I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to lose again. And that was it. Like, then it became like this, I guess, just this weird goal of of me wanting to beat these people down. Like, it was like a vendetta. And, like, at some point, you know, I, I thought it was impossible. But, like, because of that bad that bad experience, I realized that maybe I'm just thinking wrong. Maybe I'm learning the game wrong. Maybe... Maybe I need to start X copying people. And that's what people used to call me at some point. I was, I was 12. I used to watch people and I used to just mimic everything they did. And, you know, I started stealing everybody's stuff, everybody's skills, everybody's, <laughs> you know, combos. Like, obviously, you're not on the Internet. So I would just watch people for hours and just literally copy everything they did to the point where they couldn't beat me anymore. So I would beat people with their own stuff all day. And, um, yeah, like I started to take my, my skill. I started finally going outside and, you know, 2010 was the first time I went to a, I went to a major, which was NEC. And that was where I fought Justin in grand finals. Yeah. I fought, I fought Justin in grand finals and then boom, like that was the start of like Chris G. Let me ask you a question. Uh, just rewinding back a little bit. Um, you mentioned that you were, you know, you were, you were a completely closed person and obviously Chinatown fair was therapy for you. It helped you opened up because this is what you wanted to do. This is why you love video gaming. And again, if you don't mind me asking, did you hate that part of your life when you were completely closed minded where you didn't want nobody around you? That's the kind of vibe I got. Did you hate your life during that time? Or did you hate the way life was going that, like you said, yes, a lot of bad that's... people. That's pretty much it. Um, during that time, I didn't really have faith in a lot of things. And I thought at, at some point, like, I was just going to be like another statistic. You know, just just work a job, just have kids, just like I said, just, just go through life. And... Right. You know, like you basically I thought more. you were gonna go through life without no goals or anything. Yeah, exactly. And and I I wanted more, and I I hated the fact that I didn't have more. I hated the fact that you know my family didn't have more. I hated the fact that like, oh snap, like this is this is it for me. You know, like I I wanted more everything, and that's Did it. Like it a... just it just transformed me. Before Chinatown Fair closed and you were there, you saw everything happening. Um, you started opening up, like we said. Uh, was there anybody in there who influenced you to open up more, to uh, be a student of video games, to be a student of competitive gaming? Did anybody help you out in your journey there while you were going over to Chinatown Fair all that time? Um, 
Oh, he's laughing. Paul. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was there was a guy. Um, he believed in me actually, and he thought that I really could be the best. Like legit, was it he Eddie really Lee because he influenced. Was he was it Eddie Lee because he influenced everybody? It seems at Chinatown Fair. No. Um. At that point, I was disliked by almost all the big guys. Um. So. <laughs> uh i i never i never hung out with those guys like once um but there was a guy that that believed in me so much and saw how fast i could learn anything that he he put that to the test um so at that point i was pretty much broke right and he would he would fund me he would fund me like a sponsor like like a ghetto sponsor he would fund me, um, you know, even afterwards, he'd buy me McDonald's. You know, th- there's a few people that, like, you know, that could back up that story. You know, it became like a like our own little weird clique. And, yeah, he, he pretty much uh, gave me money to play Third Strike. He pretty much gave me money to play CVS 2. He pretty much gave me – he even wanted to see if I could be good in rhythm games. So he would he would uh, uh, he would fund me to play DDR, and I became so good so fast I switched to ITG, which is you know the pretty much three times faster game than DDR, and you know so he was giving me money there and like just just my skill level just started increasing by like an insane amount, and uh, I became you know again like faster than everybody I'd. I started beating everybody and everything. Uh, we even moved in together at one point because he helped me escape my living situation. Um, it just so happened that he became envious of me, and uh, when I started when oh, I started winning my first few my first few tournaments, he he robbed me of thousands of dollars, and uh, then uh, before... he, he tried to blame my tried to blame my ex, and then boom, like oh, wow. Yeah, it was bad. You gotta love, you gotta love it, right? You gotta love it. Your manager screws everybody over, kind of like uh, Don King did to Mike Tyson. But, right, uh, exactly. Before you started, <laughs> you mentioned that 2010, you started going to big E events, and that's when you met Justin's and Grand Finals. But before that, were you able, thanks to the person you're talking about, did you travel to any of the places that were holding tournaments at our case, like Eight on the Break, or was it all specifically just Chinatown Fair? Did you? ever travel anywhere outside that area uh no he at that point like it it pretty much became chinatown fair but i was working on on real life as well you know even though he might have been a bad person at the end of the day uh i felt like his intentions at the time was to try to get me ready for the real world and you know, like, uh, like I remember wearing my first suit and stuff like that. You know, working. I remember getting uh, my first phone. Right. Uh, I remember getting the first Droid a, when that came out. Was it a BlackBerry so or I, a Sidekick? I, what was your first phone? Oh, it was a flip phone. It was garbage. <laughs> but my first real phone was the Droid. Yeah, when you turn it on, it goes droid. Yeah, it was it was the coolest thing ever, and you know, so while learning the video games, I 
I started to get a taste of like um, real things, like real life. And, you know, even though I wanted to compete and whatnot, I felt like this was good for now. So I, right. before 2010, before uh, my first Big E major, I kind of was just like, all right, I'm just going to go, you know, try to live well, in the real I, world. You know, this is a time where you couldn't make gaming a career, right? That That's basically what you're getting at. Yeah, I, I was winning like third strike hustle tournaments. And <laughs> that didn't mean anything. So I was just like, right, uh, whatever, whatever happens freaking uh like fifty dollars you know <laughs> when chinatown fair closed what did you feel you know you uh you gained a lot of experience there just like you told us um that's where basically you 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 gained your skills that's where you cut your teeth when it closed what what did you feel you know did you feel what a lot of us felt that you know part of you was just completely taken away part of your soul is gone you know, take us through a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, again, that, that was kind of the place I called home almost like, you know, so I would, I would wake up in my, in my regular place and I'd go to school or go to work and then boom, right afterwards, Chinatown fair until night. So if, if I was going to school, uh, you know, 12 o'clock, I'd come out, right? Boom, straight to Chinatown Fair. And this is even this is even right. going from, from high school, all right? So, boom, 3 o'clock, I ain't got nowhere else to go, Chinatown Fair. So, all the way from then till closing. And... Wow. Yeah, it, it, it pretty much was my second home. And wow. uh, it, it sucked to to see that gone because of, you know, like, I'm, I'm saying silly, but obviously it's, it's the real world, you know, silly things like rent, you know, a lease, uh, increase money. Like, and right, the guy right, was right, right. like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this, but you know, Before, that was, that was a staple in, in a lot of people's oh, lives. Of course. Especially in New York City, I mean that was the that was the place to go. And trust me, you're not the only one who who basically after high school or even after you go home, let me go have dinner so that way I could run out right back to Chinatown Fair. There's you know there were a lot of people who did that, so it, it really was by all means the primary home for a lot of players, for a lot of people, you know, even rhythm gamers, because it wasn't just the FGC in there. Yeah, exactly. So um, you mentioned uh, Big E Gaming uh, 2010. Were you aware of um, the offline scene, as we call it now? Uh, were you aware that these things were happening? Because, again, Big E had been doing that for quite a few years. Were you aware of them? And did you ever try to reach, uh, you know, find ways? Uh, no, excuse me. Did you ever wanted to travel um, out to them before 2010? Or, did you say, or was 2010 the first time you said to yourself, you know what? Let me let me go out to one of these events to see what I could do. Um, hmm. I, I, I mean, knew, because obviously I the, the internet wasn't as big as it is now. So yeah, I like, knew, what kind of info were, 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 did you know about them? I knew about SRK. Oh, you course, know, and website. and and I knew I knew about uh you know the forums and stuff and. 
people talking about these big events and blah 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 blah. I don't really know why I I wasn't like truly interested in in going to these things, but I guess I just for for like that time being, I just wanted to be like that local guy, you know, that random guy at Chinatown Fair, you know, the scrub right. or whatever people wanted to call me. I guess like when when I started to really get to know the thirst strikes uh, scene at the time, you know, I started to get cool with them for the time being and you know they were like hey like we're going to this this event in philly and i was like oh snap you know i've never been to philly never been to new jersey i've never been to you know any of this stuff and i guess at that point that's when i started to go you know what like i think i think i think i'm ready and i'm I'm ready to to see different places right you know, i never been outside new york so how the hell was i supposed to know but you know, I, I guess just at that moment, I took advantage of the situation. How'd you get down there via Michael bus or did somebody drive with you? I'm trying to think, was it a... I don't <laughs> truly recall, but I'm going to say bus. Um, I remember riding in like a trunk a few times. Uh, so, <laughs> of, of like someone's car. Uh, What's the matter? The roof was taken up by everybody's arcade sticks? I mean, look, if you knew somebody with a car, oh, man, (laughs) by all means, fit into any hole. That's that's pretty much what it was. Oh, no, trust me. When I used to drive down there, it's like, wait, is Raph going? Okay, cool. Can I get a ride? All right, man, come on. It saves you that freaking long ride from that bus. But uh, you basically take the nice little three and a half hour, four and a half hour ride, whatever it is on the bus. You know, you get to the wherever it is that he was holding it and boom, you see the grand stage first or, you know, the main ballroom. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had arcade machines at the time, uh, a lot of Street Fighter 4 consoles, and you just see a lot of like-minded people. Like I'm sure you see a lot of Chinatown Fair players there, but also... I'd imagine you see a heck of a lot of East Coast players, Baltimore, Delaware, uh, even Boston. Yeah. You know, what What were you thinking right there when you basically get there and you see all this? It's like, what, what, were your th- what was going through your mind? To sum it up, uh, I guess, like, damn, it, is this a full weekend of this? <laughs> 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 like, like, you know, because a lot of times, and, and from from that moment on, before that, right. I didn't. Everything was one day, you know. Like I, I again, I knew about the big tournaments, but I didn't actually think to myself, "Oh snap!" Like, wait, like I actually got to we're going to go to sleep and then come wake back up and then continue it. You know what I mean? Like it, it was just uh, like did, a brand did, did new I bring enough underwear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, you're like, Oh, uh, <laughs> damn it. I, th- I think I might have to hit up a store or something, you know, like what, what do we got to eat? You got man? Stuck, how many people you got stuck with in the room your first night there? How many? I'm stores? actually on, not too that. sure. Oh, no, that, uh, <laughs> You know, I think I think I don't really have an experience, uh, a memory of that because of of how many rooms I've been in that, 
I mean, that was just memorable. So, yeah, um, it, it gets pretty bad, man. It gets pretty bad, especially especially when people start snoring or you know, like people cracking out all the way till like six in the morning. They, you know, waking everybody was, up, stepping on heads. Like, <laughs> I was actually about to ask you that again. This is your first time, and we just mentioned, you know, people cracking out until six in the morning. You know, when uh, their top eight or whatever starts at ten. Were, were you one of the people who basically took in as much as you could with this? Did you stay up like late into the night playing games with people, playing sets, seeing new, you know, maybe even meeting new people from different states? What was your experience like that weekend? Earlier on, I actually didn't do that too much. You know, um, because probably up until uh, the release of of Marvel 3 Vanilla. Yeah. Like, when, when I would just go to tournaments, it would just be like me doing my thing. Again, like, I wasn't... I was still new to this. And, you know, even though, you know, me and the Third Strike guys were talk crap, it was kind of like, all right, what can I do? What can I do? Like, you know, a lot of these guys have been doing this for years, and I'm just like this new guy that's like, all right. You know, I guess for now, I'll just, you know, sleep at a semi-decent time, like 2 o'clock or something, and... uh and then, yeah, like, like take it from there. Um, it wasn't until, like, years later where I was just like, oh, snap. Like, or maybe just even a year later, two years later, where I'm like, I'll go to sleep at, like, 11 a.m. <laughs> you know? That was when I just started, like, <laughs> going, like, full ham on, on just trying to be the best of, of everything. Um, the, that first uh, – the first night, and again, again, going back to the first weekend – Considering what you said earlier, and now you're seeing a whole bunch of new faces, because again, this isn't just the same 20 or 30 people from Chinatown Fair. Did you maybe have some reservations about you wanted to go back into your shell because it's a whole bunch of people that you've never met? Or were you completely relaxed the entire weekend? I think that was the first time I saw how raw the FGC was, um, you know, people just screaming, going ham, and, you know, just everyone's talking crap and, you know, cursing each other <laughs> out and, you know, money matches and all sorts of stuff. And I'm just like, like, do, do I, do I got the confidence for all this right now? Like, do I have this in me to like, become a monster yeah so at at the time i was just like all right you know what i'll I'll talk my crap and whatnot but i was more known to be a troll instead of like being like the the east coast guy that's about to you know rip you a new one you know i would taunt people and stuff like that so that was what i did i i took my shots in, in my own little way I didn't actually like scream in someone's face. I hope nobody uh, brought out a knife on you because of that. Well, uh, Chai Tao Fair, that's that's a whole different story. <laughs> you know, I got threats like 24-7. But yeah, no, it, it's actually weird because 
even though it was a lot more ham, it it seemed way more friendly, in, in a weird sense because, you know, it, a lot of a lot of Chinatown fare was standoffish guys, and or maybe it's because again maybe they were like me, they just wanted to be left alone, or you know, like they had a hard day, a hard every day, <laughs> and um. Yeah, I think maybe that might have been the reason, but but yep. the the major, the, my first major, it was like everyone seemed to know exactly what they were doing. Everyone seemed to already have a goal. Everyone seemed to have their weekend planned, and I think that's what I liked the most. You know, it 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 was a better experience than you know just sitting in Chinatown Fair, freaking. You know, just minding my business and stuff. I was like, "Oh snap!" Like, like maybe if I actually got to know one of these guys. Let me ask you this: um, Do you think it was more friendly because, again, arcades were gone, and now you're you're all going, you're all getting together in this one big event that encompasses the entire East Coast? And I'm sure you know, like you said, some people were probably there with their cliques, with their um, you know, with their groups. But that, but just the amount of people who were there to have fun, because again, this is our hobby. You know, we're not here for problems. We're not here, even though we may be aware of some stuff going on, because you know, it, it does happen. Do you think that's why it was more friendly? Is that why you probably found that it's like, I have more fun here than I did during CF because everybody here is like-minded. Everybody, you know, I'm, I'm here with my hobbies. Uh, uh, excuse me, I'm here enjoying the hobby I like, but at the same time, I want to have fun. I don't want to get into trouble with anybody. Is that it? Maybe. Um, like, I, I think, I think uh, besides, like, going there as, as, as a new experience um, and going to all these other tournaments as, as new experiences, it felt good to finally be able to showcase my skills to like a general audience i think that was what i liked the most because remember i i said that i i I had made myself and another person a promise and i said i wasn't gonna lose and it was it was that moment like that weekend where i was like okay this is the first real experience like being outside of my element like it's it's do or die like at that point i didn't know when when the next time i would do something so i guess i just brought my a-game and you know street fighter 4 i did all right i think but Mm -hmm. uh you know uh third strike which was the game i was really playing you know i i ended up getting second and even though justin pretty much destroyed me in a weird sense it made me feel good because like oh snap like i i did it like you know i i showed everybody what what i've been doing in this arcade for the past couple years right right my first major i get second and then you know i remember i remember justin uh i still have it he he gave me his trophy and you know like 
he actually wrote on he signed it he wrote on it and he was like uh he said keep on trolling <laughs> yeah it, it, it was really weird i don't know why uh well i do know why i guess at that point um but he gave me the trophy and even though i didn't win i felt like i did and and it like i understand yeah i i guess it, it just brought out that fire where i was like Damn, my, my first event second? Like, you, you know what's what stopping is? me it, from getting first? You know? <laughs> like, think, is it because, like you said, you put blood, sweat, and tears into training all those years, and for you to come out to a big event like that and get second, that's what it probably was, right? Like, all the effort that you've done all those years. And it's like, yep. it paid off. It, it was not first place, but you know what? Second place at a big tournament, it, it was worth it. Exactly. And then that was it. Boom. I wanted to go everywhere. And that's when I started doing the uh the the World Warrior where I would go to like three, four tournaments a week and just it just try to just take it all every day, nonstop. Just it, I refuse to stop. Let me ask you this. Um just to uh kill off the uh the first biggie uh first big uh, event um, history of you. You know, you're coming from New York. You're, you know, you're venturing out from your comfort zone. And like you said, you got second place in Street Fighter. I believe you said you won Marvel 3 as well. I mean, well, uh, take uh, us not, through the... Not, not, at the not at that. 20... Uh, I don't think Marvel came out yet for that Okay, event. okay. So it was... My first uh, big event with Marvel, um, I think it was CEO or Winter Brawl. I'm not too sure. I forgot which one. But that was when I was playing Marvel and uh, and MK. That was when MK9 had come out. Well, regardless, uh, going back to the Big E thing, uh, you're in Grand Finals with Justin. And take us through take us through your mindset, because a lot of us will never experience this as much as we all, you know, want to have careers as fighting game players or in any kind of gaming community. Uh, take us through your experience of uh, being top eight, you know, walking, walking to those chairs with a whole crowd right behind you screaming, cursing, you know, some people are for you, some people aren't for you. You're going up against Justin Wong, you know, one of the all time greats in in this hobby of ours. I mean, what's going through your mind when when you see, obviously you say, you know, I made it, but right before then, like I said, just just seeing this stage and you're dead front in the in the, in front of it. Well for some reason I I already had it in my head that I was gonna get absolutely demolished. Like I, and coming from uh, Chinatown Fair and already having played Justin, you know he 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 could play one hand and beat me. So was your stomach turning? Was it scary? I mean, you know. No, again, I I decided to kick it into overdrive, and I just started playing nonsense. It was. It was more like a comedy show than, than a serious match. And Justin kind of knew what I was doing. 
Like, because I, I was playing Sean. <laughs> like, Sean against The worst Chun-Li. character in the game. You know, so I, I was known as Pink Sean. And I'm doing my best. And my best was was not even close. <laughs> you know, I laugh with you. But at the same time, uh, I, I get it. Because for whatever reason, I always like playing Sean in the Third Strike series. I have no yeah, idea why. Exactly. Even though I know he was, like, just bottom, bottom tier in uh, Third Strike, you know? Uh, there was uh, There was a moment. Where he picked, I actually picked Sean in that one, but there was a moment, a funny moment between me and him where uh, I parry something and I try to go for fierce uppercut and Sean can't do it. It whiffs. Then he goes for fierce uppercut and it whiffs. (laughs) (laughs) So. I I think it was just one of those moments where you're like, wow, like the character select screen could not be worse in my life. Like, you know, I I think I picked Elena. Like, I I, I didn't know what else to do. So I just made it a goddamn cartoon and boom. But I, I, I will say, though, that even though I got absolutely washed, I had fun. I had fun knowing that at this moment, like, I was so far from Justin's skill that, right. like, it, it it was funny to think about. Like, wow, okay, I haven't played Justin in, like, a year or two. I, at that point, I actually don't remember. But... Look at it. It was like, it was, I felt like it was just that day. So there was still so much more to learn, you know? So even though I'm getting demolished and laughing and making a joke about it, I'm like, wow, like he's the real deal. And even though he's not like fully taking it serious, because obviously he could have just, all right, I'm telling you, of course. you know, <laughs> <laughs> Is it easy to be in awe of him, of how talented he is at fighting games? Yes. At, at that time, when, you know, playing Street Fighter 4 even, uh, between him and, like, Dominion, they were, to me, personally, they were so great that I didn't think... I could reach their level. Right. So, you know, at that moment, again, years, years later, boom, I'm in grand finals with this guy. And it was as if I never left Chinatown fair. So it was like, like I, I made myself like another promise. I was like, you know what? Like, okay. I may be the best at my arcade, <laughs> but now that really don't mean anything. Like, now I got to be the best in the world, you know? Like, and that that was when, you know, I started taking Street Fighter 4 series, you know, Marvel 3 and MK. And I'm like, I have to reach that. Like, this is, this is true greatness. You know, you mentioned something, and I love that you brought that up. 
you said, you know what, I know I'm the best at my arcade. And with this experience that you had at that Big E event, you decided, you know what, I want to take it to the next level. I know I could, I know I could do good. If I did good against Justin, even, um, you know, even though you knew, like you said it yourself, he, he was just playing around. You knew you could reach that level. Not many players in this scene and a lot of, and, and a lot in the gaming scene in general, but since we're only talking about FGC, not a lot of people like taking that leap. You did. Is there, have you ever in your travels ever talked to anybody that may be the best in their town and maybe had a chat with them? And it's like, why, why had, you know, you're good enough. Why can't you just take that, um, that next step? Does it take a stronger mindset to do that? To basically, I mean, going back to you, you're a world traveler, um, you know, video games, fighting games have taken you across the globe. Like what kind of mindset do you need to say, I'm going to get out of this arcade. I'm going to, you know, get out of Philly, New York, you know, Florida, whatever. And I want to travel because I know I'm good enough to do this. Take us through that. Man. Um, I felt like, okay, so that moment happened. And yeah, you did, you did mention like a lot of other people best in their scenes and why didn't they do the same thing? Um, you know, after going to Jersey and Philly and, you know, Maryland and whatnot, uh, when I would see these players, like, especially in the tri-state area, especially in Jersey and Philly, it did, to me, feel like the better I got, the, the the divide got bigger and you know of course i i learned a lot of things from all these guys you know because at that point i was just what i was just 20 years old 21 and stuff like right. that and you know a lot of these guys they were still like four or five years older than me you know so they would they they played guilty gear and i'm like <laughs> that game for dreamcast <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> And, you know, so they, they were already used to this environment. But I noticed that a lot of them, they, I, I, again, I could be wrong, but it felt like they weren't doing this to be the best in the world. They, I, I think being the best in their area and having that, that pride, like, Oh man, I'm, I'm the best in my arcade, right? The same thing as me. I'm the best right. in Philly. I'm, I'm the best. So-and-so character user. I'm the best, you know, like, and in right, my head, right, I'm right. like, that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm the best swaggy combo guy. I'm the, you know, I'm the best anti-error on, on, on this side of the planet. I'm like, what about the other side of the planet? You know what I mean? Like, like to me, I had that drive because I felt like at that moment in my life, I had nothing else to lose. It was, it was do or die, you know? And at that moment I was like, well, 
let's just see how far I go. Like, right. if I have to, you know, again, I'll work other jobs. If I have to, I'll do this, I'll do that. But at that moment, I didn't have to do any of that. So, you know, um, let me, Marvel let me 3- ask you this. Let me ask you this because so, you brought it up. Is it because let, let's take it like, like it's a scale. Is it because some of those people, they try to make gaming a career, but unfortunately life is up here and gaming is down here. Whereas with you gaming is up here and real life was still down here. You still haven't gotten up there. Is, is that why maybe they couldn't just take that jump and you were able to? I don't know people's uh, situations, living situations. Um, you know, a, a lot of people I talk to, they they grew up, especially like outside of New York. Because because if you were if you were an empire, I, I'm gonna be real. You had problems. Like that's it. Just just for a lack, like I'm not even a sugarcoat it. You had problems. All right. I felt like I felt like everybody was sick in their minds. Um, <laughs> sick in the mind. And like outside of that, I don't know. To me, it felt like people had lives. People had cars. What the hell's a car? You know, like people they they grew up in a house. They you know a lot of these people they had parents that said I love you every day. Like you know, it, they're it not loners. Exactly. So to me, to me, and, and again, a lot of other East, uh, New York, I'm not going to say East coast because East coast is, is a broad term. Yes. It was New York. <laughs> like, let's be real. It was New York. Um, no, you know what? You're absolutely right. Because East coast, it's almost kind of like West coast as well. People say West coast, but we know it was just a certain part of Cali. You know, here exactly. in the East Coast, it was California. Um, yeah, yeah. Here, here in the East Coast, it's basically New York because, I mean, outside of Toronto, and I know the Buffalo um, Cha Cha, he had a really good scene up there, and he runs a great scene. But between Buffalo and New York, there was nothing else. I mean, I can't think of much of a big FGC scene like you know in Boston or uh, you know Connecticut. It, you're absolutely right. It was mainly New York. New York City I, in this I, case. Yeah, I I think I use like my hate and my frustration and my rage, and I I just channeled it into, you know, weird sense like positivity and and gaming, you know, like right. like like you said the, the the scale right, gaming it and in fact was this because I honestly I didn't care I didn't care about life at this point when when I used to wander the streets, you know. 10 hours would go by and I've accomplished literally nothing. Life has moved on and I was still stuck in time. And right. You know, while walking, it was like, you know what, whatever happens to me, I don't even care. I used to walk in alleyways because, and and again, like I was so ready to fight. I was so ready to attack. I was so ready, you know, to just, to just, uh, lash out. And what better way to do that than to beat someone up in a video game? You know, so <laughs> why not travel to New Jersey and beat them up? 
and you know travel to Philly and beat them up. And I don't know, man. It sounds depressing as hell, but like, it, no, I no, no, we're that, enjoying this, man. I, I Steve's on the other side power. laughing and just enjoying this as well. <laughs> And and I know a lot of the other New Yorker guys, freaking you know Empire Acadia. Like, I'm pretty sure if you ask a lot of them, uh, that scale was definitely tipped. It was pretty bad. You know, I, I'll ask about something about that scale later on because you're a very good person to ask. But that's going to be a little bit later. So, um, you know, big event hap- um event happens. Excuse me, and now you decide you want more of this. Were you 100% set on this is what you were going to do? Or did you still have a little bit of like, you know what, let, let me just uh, slow it down. I had a lot of good times that weekend. You know, maybe I still don't want to do this 100%. But you, you're a gamer, you know, gaming, gaming up here. Were you 100% set that this is what I'm going to do with my life? This is what this is what I want to dedicate the next few years of my life, traveling the country and, you know, taking people, you know, taking tournaments in Jersey and, you know, maybe at Georgia or wherever. Take us through that. Okay, so during that time, I was working. You know, I would take any job I could get. I was literally Pop John's freaking uh, Jacob Javits Center call center. Yeah, that was the worst of my life. Um, uh, I heard you know, those are D- some Duncan, jobs Duncan Donut. Yeah, it, it it was literally for ex convicts, and an ex convict introduced me to that job. Yeah, it, it was literally that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I was just a hustler, man. I took anything, and. You know, while while having my first, uh, my first real experience with the FGC as a whole, you know, that was great and all, but I was like, look, I need money. So <laughs> it wasn't it it wasn't up until uh, Marvel Three came out and MK Nine came out, where you know, you could even ask my 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 best friend at the time, right, uh, Jimmy P, wonderful guy. He he had got, he had the game. At that point, I didn't even have an Xbox. Yeah, I didn't own one. <laughs> so he was like, "Yo, like, let's just crack it out." What's the worst that could happen? I'm like, "I right, whatever." The the and and I always say this. Uh, the the actual thing that brought me there. You know, if, if they're listening, they they know who to hit up. Little Caesars. <laughs> he told me we could get Little Caesars, some chips, soda, and crack it out. And I was like, you know what? Because because I, I lived at that point, uh, I think I was living in Brooklyn, and he was living in the Bronx. <laughs> So, not that far. I mean, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I really don't want to go up there. And he was like, Little Caesars, man. I'm like, all right, let's go. And boom, you know, we cracked out on Marvel 3. And and, and the weird thing is, uh, to me, the game sucked. At, at, the, at that time, when we first got it at Chinatown Fair, that game, I thought, was awful. 
And then, you know, after, after cracking out, I, I realized one important thing. You could actually play whatever character you wanted. So, right. to me, I, I have never thought that in my life. Like, wait a minute. I could kill you with a dog? You know, like, I could do a combo and destroy you? You know, I there's this guy, Wesker. I was like, I know him as the villain of Resident Evil 1. You know what I mean? Like, you're telling me I could kill you with that guy? And he doesn't have to have a tri-dash? So to me, that was... I, I, I thought, like, at that exact moment, I was like, wait a minute, this... This might even out the playing field. Right, right. You know, creativity will actually even out the playing field. Up until that moment, that didn't exist. Up until oh, no, that me, literal moment. I trust Street me, Fighter I, I 4. Playing, yeah, I love playing Marvel 2, but I mean, I, I love the scene. But let's be honest, the game is basically dominated by eight characters. Marvel 3, and I believe it was Kane Blue River. Listen, a lot of people will agree with him. A lot won't, mainly a lot of Marvel 2 players, but Marvel 3 is a way more creative game than Marvel 2. You know, the engine allows it. So trust me, I, I get that. But wait a minute, time out. Before we go on, I mean, I don't think we're going to get any sponsorship from Little Caesars, but man, why Little Caesars? I, I can't stand Little Caesars, man. Well, why was that your friend? Damn, <laughs> look, look. When you've reached the lowest of the low, yeah, you only got one person that. to call your friend. All right, <laughs> only only one one company is out there looking out for you. Actually, two if you count Top Ramen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Add checkers to that. I like checkers. Oh, I, I didn't know that even existed back then. And and McDonald's okay. and Burger King was like a luxury. All right, <laughs> like. <laughs> Can't be the five dollar pie, right? Yeah, like yo, you really only got five dollars? <laughs> you could have an entire meal, lunch and dinner. That's great. Come on, man. Come on, you know he's looking out for you, man. Little I little know. guy with the stick, he's looking yeah. out for you. <laughs> he's like in the little caveman outfit, isn't he? No, no, no. Yeah, whatever the heck he is. <laughs> Oh, he was like a, a a caveman Roman, like <laughs> <laughs> with a little pitchfork. Exactly. He he was a he was a, a broke fighter. That's what he was, man. <laughs> Early pizza maker. But anyway, wow. So uh, again, um, now you decided to take this full. Well, did you quit your job uh, right away? You said it yourself. You still had a job, but you needed money. And you yes. realize, man, I got, you, you know, actually, that's a that's a good segue because around this time, fighting games, you know, they, they blew up. Street Fighter 4 came with a big boom in the in the fighting game community. And with that came a lot of tournaments. You know, I was I mainly play MK9 and we all know how big MK9 was. You know, we're, we're talking about almost for a while there weekends were at a premium where you did you quit your job right away or did you play it cool at the beginning so that moment in that room with my friend learning combos i don't know if it was like two days later or or a week later actually my, it was probably less than a week um 
he was like, hey, there's a tournament at this random spot. Like, you want to go? I'm like, oh, man, you know, we've been cracking out. Let's see. And that tournament, I won. Right. I think I had won, like, eight or nine tournaments in a row. Which is unheard of for, like, some, some random guy to come up out of nowhere that's not Justin Wong. And right. that's true. And, you know, a new game where everyone is, is on the same playing field. Like, I've made in a couple weeks more money than I've made in a couple months. Wow. Of working minimum wage, just just being depressed. Um, Again, that So that, at that, that moment, screams. goodbye. <laughs> like, yeah. Again, though, that screams to about that boom, you know, and you were right in the middle of it taking advantage. It got you, you know, like you said, minimum wage, which I think in New York at the time was still like eight bucks or something like that, maybe even at nine. Seven fifteen, if I'm correct. Oh, was that low still? Wow. Jeez, I... <laughs> seven fifteen. Jesus Christ. Can we get fifteen dollars back then? But anyway, you see, you see, that's again, what I you, mean, Little pay. Caesars. Yo, that was a, that was less than an hour of work. You see, man, you messing up. <laughs> <laughs> But this is now a turning point for you. You know, you and your buddy is like, cool, let's go. You won nine tournaments in a row. Um, were they mainly local, like, you know, to the tri-state? Or did you yep. venture out past Jersey? Okay. So, um, so, what so was Jer- uh, the break? Uh, the break, uh, there was that tournament. Um, damn, eight bitten up. There you go on mm-hmm. St. Mark's. Yes. And it was just a hole in the wall. Literally hole in the wall place. Right. You know, the the guy, I guess he decided to run tournaments and that was it. Like that that was my big break. Like a hole in the wall making, you know, three hundred dollars, three, four hundred dollars. And and I was like, wait a minute, like I could keep getting three hundred, four hundred dollars if I if I really, really try. And yeah, like me, me and my and me and my what? friends, we we'd get we'd get abandoned like places, and we didn't care. We were just like, yo, let's just let's just keep going, man. Like, buy more food. And like, not to we mention, gotta get Little Caesars. <laughs> not to mention, you guys had next level in Brooklyn, you know, which was the spot. You know, it's um. So by all means, living in New York, which is uh, sometimes uh something a lot of other communities wish, you know they had as big a scene as we did back then, you know, the, the, the boom, we're talking about weekly tournaments all the time. And it was, it was a great, great time. And to your, to your advantage, you took, you know, you took full advantage of that. Not only that, but you also had a big group of players. Cause like you said, you know, these new games came out. Now everybody's on the, on the even playing field. You know, you can't, you you can't be a 10 year veteran taking advantage of a, like a one a first day player because, oh, I know all these glitches from, you know, what, whatever it is, how long it took to develop this game. But again, it, you took full advantage and God bless you. Is, is that also another thing where having that much competition also helps you level up? 
because I'm sure you went in there with, with some sort of cockiness, some swag is like, well, you know, I'm Chris G. I do this for a career now. You know, did you influence any any uh, up and coming players during this time where I want to be like Chris G? You know, this is a time now where I want to make this a career like he is. Again, this was one of those like unheard of things where it's just like some guy literally comes out of nowhere and and essentially takes your money. You know, right. like at that point, you know, it became jokes where like I'm here to, you know, collect my rent money, which in, in, in a weird sense. Yeah, that that was why I was there. I was there to get a freaking pay my rent, get a nicer place. I was there to, you know, make more money. I was there to show literally zero mercy, just just go ham and that's it. So, you know, at, at that point, it was like. I, I would talk to a lot of other players and you know, a lot of them I still, I still talk to like every now and then. And mind you, these, these guys were guys who never would have thought they had a shot. Right. You know, like, like if you weren't Justin and friends, you were nobody. And to, to, to a certain degree, that was kind of true. Like you didn't exist. So, true. you know, Marlon Pye, like Demon Heal, all those guys in uh, in Philly and the Jersey guys, right? Like, yeah, they 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 were they were names, but like, it still really was just about Justin and them just winning everything. And did that bother it, you guys that it was like that? Well, I, I know there was, there was definitely a lot of envy. And even then, like, yeah, I, I could say I, I envied that too. You know, like, because, of course, he put in a lot of work. But, like, in my head, I was like, I want that. Like, I, I want to be able to just roll up somewhere and just sit. Like, again, like, the way, the way he beat me at NEC, I wanted to get to a point where I could do that to other people. Right, you know, and, and and again, like Justin, Justin was that guy to look up to. Where you're like, "Holy crap! Why is he making it look so easy?" Like, even when right, Street Fighter right. Four came out, right? He was just that guy that was just yeah. like him and Ricky, just just slapping people left and right. You know, like, oh yeah, at the I, beginning of Street Fighter Four in this country, uh, me and uh, another team member, AJ, we put it together a little list, and it's inc- it's incredible. Basically, Ricky and um, Justin, they they ruled that game when that game came out. It, it was either one or the other winning every tournament. Yeah, exactly. So I I wanted to do that. And, you know, when, when, when people saw me kind of getting to that point, that was where it was like, wait a minute, like, okay, like, maybe I could do it as well. Like, you know, say, same with Sonic Fox after me. Like, right, you know, because I, I remember Sonic Fox as a kid, and then, boom, Sonic Fox is now winning everything. You know, like it just, <laughs> it was just, it was just one of those things where, like, you know, you needed someone to to break the mold, and at that you know, moment, it was me. Well, of course, around this time, you know, streaming is taking off again. Another, uh, we've mentioned it a million times. The boom, you know, the. 
the you know gaming is in right now uh esports is big i know that's a bad word in this community sometimes but deal with it but um when did you start getting noticed by uh sponsors did you were were you out perp um were you looking to get sponsored at the time or were you just looking you know just to have fun fill your pockets run as many turns as possible you know take us through that like like again um when is it that team started taking notice of you? Uh, almost instantly. Um, of course, I was EMP for a couple months yes, until I realized mm -hmm. that they... Hmm. Best way to explain, but, but best way to put this into words. We I didn't see eye to eye. Everybody. Trust me. Uh, I, we, we didn't see eye to eye. There you go. I'll leave it at that. Um, right, but you know, right. when I started going to uh, Fort Lee local battles, right, right. You know, I the guy was like, "Hey, like, would you like to be part of like our team?" I'm like, "All right, sure." You know, like I just kind of like started saying yes to like possibilities, but it it turns out that. That local battles and John, who who I guess owned it at the time, he was ahead of the curve. Like he he knew how much like social media was important. You know, he right. made he made my Twitter. Like he would actually like type for me, because I was like, oh, screw Twitter. <laughs> you know, like and also he he actually put a few a few things in motion, and. Uh, but I, I knew that I kind of needed a sponsor to travel, like, outside. That's why CEO was my, my big break. And uh, I think we, we f flew there or drove back. Yeah, I think, so. I think that's how that went. I'm not too sure. It, it was rough. Um, <laughs> so, Florida. Um, oh you know, 2011, and yeah, like I I couldn't believe that something like that existed. Did you he know? have the wrestling it, it, ring on there yet? No, it was just a big stage, and there's just people looking at you, and it was like I'm not sure how many entrances were there, but that was the biggest thing I've ever seen. Besides for like working at Jacob Javits Center and seeing right. like a, a like a little bit of how that worked, but like actually seeing like yo, this this looks pretty big, you know. Um, I was scared. I was actually like extremely nervous. Like this, now I'm really not in my element, you know. And uh, <laughs> like boom, I, I did way better than I thought. And that's when. Like, he realized that I needed something bigger, you know, and then finger cramp rolled, rolled through with hack. And, you know, they had so many ideas and stuff. And even, even though it wasn't about money, like at the time, like, because again, like sponsors, nobody was giving money back then. Um, Everybody like wanted it was a, a piece thousand of the pie, sponsors, right? Yeah, there was a thousand sponsors, man. Nobody mm -hmm. was getting paid. 
Except Justin and Dumb. (laughs) (laughs) They they was living life, yo. We we was we was stuck in the Stone Age, man. Like just just try to be part of every team. But I'm glad I I caught on to the game quick. Where I was like, oh snap, like like these guys was actual monsters. Like these they were predators. These groups and stuff, they were predators. And, and all these names and organizations and everything with freaking DMG, EMP, AG, before AGE, like, it was just, wow. it was just names. And I started to notice really, really quick that, like, everybody was kind of taking advantage of their players. For me, I, I was just, like, looking out for homies, you know, like, and, and, right kind of like being part of a family almost you know so when i was local battles like i really respected these people when i was finger cramp i really respected these guys you know they they were good people and even after finger cramp i knew like i have to be part of good people you know and yeah that was was when like the other sponsors came to do let me ask you something because you know, we're, we're here talking about the, the boom, how everybody loved it, how gaming, you know, had a new uh, spotlight on it. But you mentioned, and you're absolutely right, man. I mean, I remember like just thousands of sponsors, all these teams just popped out of left field overnight. And you yourself, you experienced it. You know, you've, I, I can't remember how many, in this, you know, initials you had before your actual gamer tag came around. But, you know, you mentioned some uh, names like AGE, VVV. Uh, I never knew what the heck that actually stood for, if it actually stood for anything. Oh, uh, you said it yourself. Scrub, PRUG. But you said it yourself, and you saw it firsthand. It wasn't about taking care of, you know, the player or anything. It was just taking full advantage. Were they not gaming people? Were these just, you know, corporate suits? looking at it it's like oh this is going to be a trend um this is going to be something that we can make money off of because like you said for uh the fort lee guys uh uh, local eights uh finger cramp they they were by all means they had the mentality of being gamers they knew how this stuff worked those other those other teams again you know take us through that were they were they not gamers at all did they not did they not see the i'm sorry go ahead this is this was really weird at the time um everyone knew emp oh and and, and again not uh, i'm not gonna blow them up i'm gonna be as generous as possible (laughs) well you know what before you go on truth you know before you go on before you go on i'm not gonna include emp on that group because by all means they were gamers triforce as much as people hate him and all his uh you know all his uh doings he is a gamer so he had an idea but i'm talking more about all the other ones yeah so uh, i'm i'm mentioning emp because that was that was obviously the start you know the yeah. start of we we are trying to be professional and we are trying to get sponsors and gigs and stuff something is going wrong you know and of course you know obviously they had a thousand players i was emp i saw firsthand you know i used to hang out with them at that at this point i was hanging out with a bunch of them 
as as Nelson was a really good friend of mine, and right. he convinced me to just join because the hell else am I going to do? At that point, he might have been correct, all right? <laughs> but, um, you know, so when that happened, I already knew, like, oh, snap, okay, I got to look out for for all these other guys who's going to come through, except with EMP, they might have actually been your friends. These other guys, they're coming out of, again, the, the woodworks, right? So, like, you know, they, they would approach me. They would approach a lot of other people, and they'd be like, hey, man, if if you do good, if this, we can promise you the world, if so-and-so, and blah, 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 we give you, like, $100. We could bring you to maybe two events out of the – you know, it – there were so many promises. So uh, there were so many times they were like, "Hey, Chris, you know, if we get you, like, then then we can finally start getting the big the big dollars because now we got like one of the best players in the world." Man, all the promises just just failed and failed, and then you know you started to see the really bad practices and stuff. Now you mentioned them not being gamers. A lot of them were. A lot of them really were gamers as well. Okay. But it was more like a like a, a a gamer that just decided, "Hey, what if I just like actually try to make something of it?" But the problem is that most of them didn't have a real plan, so it was kind of like, "Well, okay, since I don't really know what to do, what if I just like." gobble up a bunch of players and see how you know what i mean like we'll start from they, there uh, <laughs> like, they weren't uh they didn't have any business acumen right yeah like and, and again a lot of it they they had promises everyone had promises that was that was the theme of the fgc for a couple years <laughs> It was like, yo, like, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, give me three months. And I'm like, yo, I could die in three months. Like, I'm not giving you anything, you know? So, but a lot of other people, they thought, hey, man, if I have two letters in front of my name and, yes. and maybe if I get a T-shirt and and maybe, just maybe, I could get a stick for free. And I forgot, this is at the time where all of these guys were just sponsored by Mad Cats. And, right. and it was like, yo, I get to be Mad Cats? And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? You know, you get the shirt with the claw on it, except ours is a different color. So you're stupid. Okay. Well, congratulations. Um, I hope you enjoy getting bent over. But you know, like you, you know, we yeah, laugh about that. We we laugh about that now, and it's understandable. But man, that that was like, uh, I don't know, man. That was like a drug for people back then. It wasn't about leveling up. It wasn't about let me go travel the world to make money off of this. It was literally, I just want two letters in front of my name. If I get those two letters. I know I've made it, but it's like you said, it's like, well, what's the end game with that? It's like, well, it doesn't matter. I get a free stick or I get a, 
you, you know, I get a free T-shirt. You're of a different mindset. So obviously you, you probably didn't connect much with these people because you saw the light at the end. I thought they were idiots. And there were so many times, like even when like we go now we're going like 2012, 2013, where like names are right. actually getting established. I called them all just morons. I was like, dog, what are you doing? Dog, why you join this dog? You have so much potential. And even and it's funny too, because I would get myself in hot water all the time, but I still try to look out for these guys. I still try to look out for like, yo, like, I really don't think you should do this, man. Like, you really, this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't smart. And, and you know, like a lot of them, they, they'd say, yo, like, but I'm not you, you know, like it, it, it sucks. But like, you know, at the time I didn't really understand, but I guess what they really meant to say was that like, they felt like they couldn't win. So right. why not take anything? Right. And, I see what you're saying. And marketing 101, you know, like you got to be your own brand first, right? Like, of course, if you can't win, do something else. And, or, you know, just be a part of the scene or maybe make your own team and do things the right way or, you know, like, be smart. Don't be a tool for other people. And, you know, it, like, obviously, back then, you know, I was just like, all right, well, do you. But now it kind of makes sense where it's like, huh. No, I know what you're saying because, uh, like you said, do something that will benefit the scene and benefit yourself. And I guess um, you could sort of say so many people wanted to go the commentating route. Because I remember a lot of players, you know, like you said, they're just happy with a T-shirt. And, I mean, I hate to say it, but they're happy to go 0-2 in pools if it means that, oh, maybe I'll get a chance to be streamed on, you know, people seeing me live. But, you know, a, a lot of them moved on, and a lot of them have stayed and have helped contribute to the scene. And, I mean, what, what can you do? You, you try to help. You said it yourself. You were looking out for a lot of them. Were many people taking your advice at the time? Yes and no. Um, Cause like we we were still homies. Like the East Coast, everyone was just homies with each other. So you know, at, at the end of the day, it really came down to just like chilling, next level, go to the diner with like fifteen of us and just talk crap right. to each other. You know, like I I think a lot a lot of times people they did these desperate things. And again, like I, I, the, the term desperate very loosely, but in, in, in some form, it was that type of thing where it's like, hey, look, if I could just be a part of anything, I'll, I'll do it. You know, so they, they just wanted to have a good time. Like, uh, so even even if like I, I would tell somebody like, hey, man, like, I don't know, man, I don't know. Maybe like, look, I. <laughs> I get to be here right now, you know, right. like, like I, I'm like, again, like the famous saying, I'm really just happy to be here. Right. Right. I'm experiencing <laughs> it. So I don't care what else happens. Yep. Exactly. You know, forget, forget the two years, three years later where <laughs> I don't even, I don't know where they are at this point, but 
at that moment, maybe, just maybe, they were happy. You know, in all those years, uh, you've grown as a player. Uh, everybody takes that. Um, everybody takes notice that you're a very talented player. One thing I always told people about you, you know, is like a lot of people only want to say, "Oh, Chris G is just a Marvel three player." It's like, no, guys, it's he's a threat to make top sixteen in anything. I've seen you play MK nine and uh, you know KOF thirteen. A lot of people sometimes forget that you were very good at it at the time. Where were you a little bit angry? that a lot of people only wanted to qualify you as a Marvel 3 player? Were you like, guys, This I, I just don't play this game. I understand a lot of my success came from this game, but I play everything top tier as well. Sure, maybe I won't get top eight or maybe I won't get finals here and there, but I'm still like a threat enough where nobody wants to play me in pools. Did it ever bother you that, don't, that everybody only ever wants to say, oh, he's just a Marvel 3 player? Did that ever bother you at the time? Well, it is, uh, let's see, 3.50 p.m. the 7th, 2021. Yes. Yesterday, 20 hours ago, somebody wrote, because that's the one game Marvel game you're trash at, you can't rely on Morrigan, Soul Fist, Doom, and your buddy Virgil isn't in the game. That was... 20 hours ago. Now, in 10 years? Oh, oh wait. What, what are you guys? You got you guys kick punch block? All right? Yeah. And I I don't know who's who's the other guy on the line. But Steve. if you have ever been in any one of these top 8 finals for KOF and I would be playing, and I would make top three every single time, and nobody would root for me. Every time I got hit, they would clap. I'm not too sure if you guys notice, but I would clap for myself. After I beat somebody, <laughs> damn, that guy Chris G, yo, he's pretty good. Like, I would literally just go into the crowd and say that. Because I felt so disrespected as, as, as a competitor and as a person who wanted to try out new games. You know, same thing with anime. Yo, we can't let this Chris G, Chris G guy win. Like, I don't care about winning. I just wanted to play the game. And, you know, even when I play League, in League, I'm Diamond 3. Right? right. I could actually hit Masters this season. An FGC guy hitting Masters in a MOBA. All right? And I still get comments, go back to Marvel. Like, dog, how many majors in Street Fighter 4 do I have to win? How many majors in Third Strike? I've won majors in KOF. I've won majors in in Injustice, MK, yes. Injustice 2, even MK11, I won one. Like, how many top 8s at EVO? I got top 8 EVO in MK9. Injustice. Dragon Ball Z and Marvel. What else do I have to prove before people start taking me serious in other games? I was one of the biggest threats in Street Fighter V when that came out. And people still, again, like, this is a whole 10 years in the making. And it just comes down to that Marvel guy. I am that Marvel guy. It's really, it, it, it sucks. It, it, it. 
what is it about those people? And maybe it's just the internet. We know there's a lot of people who love spreading hate. I'm sure you experienced some of it at an actual event. It's like, ah, oh, go play Marvel 3. What is it about some people that they can't recognize a guy who's put into hard work like yourself? And, you know, not that, uh, not that I'm calling this guy out. I look at a guy like Tokido, who's top tier in almost every game he touches, yet he doesn't get the hatred that a guy like you does. Why is that? You know, that would uh, – <laughs> when you got the answer to that, that'd be great. All I know cool. is that growing up in the scene and for the last 10 years, people would talk about Asia – as if it was the end all be all of course they couldn't do any wrong they were the greatest things on the planet and all you should do is bow to them that's how these american players would talk about asia it was depressing it it was so stupid that like even though at that time i'm I'm being compared to Tokido. I'm being compared to Kazunoko. I'm being compared to Daigo and the greats. And my resume spoke for itself. Oh, of course, you yes. Know, it didn't matter. I was American. It really, it it's just really weird that like they they have this mindset where where they really have to worship these guys. And honestly, yeah, maybe it could be the fact that we are angry. You know, we have way more frustration. We get, you know, we get ourselves into trouble. And and our Lord and Savior Daigo and Tokido and, um, you know, they're showing everybody the right way of how to be human. But, like, what does that mean? They live differently. Of you course. know, we had to fight, right? I don't know what they had to do, but that's on them. Right, like even if they struggle, even if they showed hate, let's say they they called everyone stupid, they called America trash, they said, you know, you guys suck. Like I don't really care. That's on them. But you know, this is this is us, and we just we just want to play the games too, and we just want to try to win too. And I don't, I don't know. You're concentrating on yourself at the time, you know, sponsors may come here and there and everything that you just said, you have a lot of haters, internet, you know, um, people on forums, maybe people in um, at events, uh, heck, maybe even at some, you know, random Comic Con, because people forget at Comic Cons, there were fighting game tournaments as well. And everything that you just said, did it bother you? Or do you just like said, you know what? I got better things to do. I try to help a lot of you guys out. It's just your mindset is never going to change. Like, how did you deal with it? Was it easy for you to ignore that? You know, or did you fall uh, or did you fall to that same trap that unfortunately a lot of players did where it's like, I'm just going to listen more to what forum dwellers with stream monsters you know, they got, they're absolutely right. Uh, you know, take me through your mind when, you know, during that time of your career. It, you know, it sucks. Um, in Chinatown Fair, right, I, I was already hated. 
and you know by 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 randoms and stuff and you know again like I just, I just wanted to be left alone I just wanted to play my games and blah 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 right um after that right when I started traveling and stuff and I, and I started seeing like the 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 grand scale of things and, and seeing how all that stuff was amplified and especially throughout the years right like of course a lot of it was yeah I was really salty right like I right. really hated losing and you know my my passion it drove me to do stupid things right cuz I at that point it really was just me so I I didn't know what else to do um but th- th- it came a point where I I just became the villain I I like just I like out of nowhere just overnight where just the East Coast people, it, it seemed they just betrayed me almost to a sense where they're like, yo, like, we, this guy can't win anymore. Like, we have to do anything it takes to beat this guy. Like, you know, I, like a lot of these people would call me scrubs, uh, scrub and all that. And, and the, the funny thing is that, like, a couple months even before that, they were like, yo, Chris, man, you have the potential to be one of the best. You have the potential to be the next Justin Wong. You have the potential to be the next Daigo, so on and so forth. Like, you are the future of East Coast. You. And then it just became a, yo, I really hate that guy. Like, people talking crap about me. I'd get messages all the time. Like, yo, like, you see this right now? Like, yo, like, East Coast don't like you. And... It again, right? So I became the villain, and it. I I just accepted it. I I accepted the hate. I accepted the burden, and it amplified my troubles to the sense where I would say more dumb things. I would do more dumb things. I would tweet more dumb things. Like. I I just became like unstable in a sense, and right. uh, like it would show in my gameplay sometimes. Like the first the first literal breakdown was when I fought Dominion in Civil War, and of course I'd never been able to beat that guy in my life, <laughs> and I I cracked. I'm in Winners Grand Finals. He's in Losers. He beats me three games straight, resets, and I I just couldn't take it. Like, I just broke. Right. And, you know, like... The barrier, the barrier completely came down, and it's like your mind cracked, right? Yep. Like, it... That was, that was one of the, the... The biggest moments in my life. Because, like, after, after the, the intermission, <laughs> you know, like, I... I pulled it together and I I beat him for the first time in my life. And like that moment I was like like wow I, I, I couldn't believe like it was two things. Wow I couldn't believe I actually did it. Like I'm I'm I can actually reach the next step in, in Street Fighter 4. The other thing was Wow, I I can't believe I couldn't hold it together. Like just just everything just just weighed down on me at that point. And you know, that that's happened a few times. 
the biggest one, which is where everyone, you know, uh, calls me a crybaby for, which is weird too, because I've always wondered why other people can cry at events and it's perfectly fine. Right. You know, other people, oh my God, I lost in top 32. At least I'm in grand finals when I cried. You know, right. like, why is that okay? You know, the, the big one is when I, uh, when I broke playing RF. And, you know, I, dro- I dropped the, the, the combo killing uh, uh, right. combo on Virgil. I dropped the character. Virgil was on screen and I could have killed him. And I dropped it. What ended up happening, obviously, is I got destroyed. <laughs> but I couldn't take it anymore. And, you know, that that's the thing that these these instances are the things that people latch on to. Like, instead of seeing it as, oh, you know what, like other, this is the thing, like other people. Oh, you know what, he's yes. really passionate about the game. Like, oh, you know, like, again, other people. Oh, that guy, you know, oh, he got top eight. Oh, he's crying because he got top eight. Even to me, I'm like, all right. You know, like, but it what, what's really weird is that, like, I'm at Evo, and everyone expects me to win. Right, and they're like, right. oh, my God, Chris G hasn't won yet. Oh, Chris G, oh, my God, you're always so close, and then you screw it up. Oh, you, you suck. Oh, this and that. And I'm like, dog, like, I'm put under this microscope where everyone's just around me screaming, and... There's a group of people that just want to see me fail. And then obviously there's another people that are like, yo, dog, like just win Evo. Like that's it. It's just yes. easy. And of it's, course, it's, that, it's, that... it's extra pressure that comes with the fact that you're a top player. It, you know, it, this happens with any major sport, any sporting event. The guy who's looked at the best at the time and you're ridiculously talented, you were looked at as like, well, who's going to beat him? I mean, they, some people will never understand that, that as fans, you, you're you putting so much extra pressure that's not needed. You know, you're, you're not letting them play their game. You know, you're taking them out of their element because you're going to feel like, well, I'm letting this group down, but then I got this other group. It, it's a lot to take in. Yep. And so, you know, I broke. And that's it. It became like a... Like, all, all these instances, like, they just became running jokes. And, like, again, it Tokido cried when he lost to Daigo in an exhibition. Yo, and that nobody... was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Oh, my God, look at Tokido. Oh, my God, he's human. Oh, my God, I understand how he feels. What do you mean you understand how it feels? To lose to somebody in a video game? Where there's nothing on the line, like, you know what I mean? It's it just one of those things where I'm like, dog, like, how is this not equal this? How is this more important than than you know what other people are going through? How is this more important than getting ninth at Evo? You know, like, I, I don't know, people are backwards, man. Let, uh, let me ask you this: um, you just sat here and uh, had that had that talk, and it's understandable. You were getting it from a lot of different areas. But I wanted to bring this up. 
it seems that from what you were saying, it's mainly from the quote unquote Capcom fan base. Because again, I played um, Mortal Kombat 9 mainly. And I, the two games I ever took seriously from a competitive standpoint was MK9 and Girl Mark of the Wolves. Um, when Justin would come into one of the rooms, because I actually would go down to NEC and Big E events just to play on, on the Girl tournament. And then later on MK9. And, you know, some communities are so much more different than others. The Garo community, nobody looks at Justin and says, oh, man, we can't let him win. You know, he's a Street Fighter player, blah, blah, blah. No, we know he's a top player who loves playing this game. You, when I saw you play MK9, at least from my vantage point, when you would come down to VSMs whenever that was, or even when you played in tournaments, you were treated with respect. Nobody out there was saying, oh, we can't let Chris G win, you know? It's like, who's this reptile player think he is, you know? We got our own top um, reptile player. Is it only really from the Capcom community and maybe some other, you know, obscure, maybe anime games? Because, again, outside of the two communities that I mainly played in, I never saw no hostility towards you. Even KOF. When I used to go to um, Next Level to play KOF 13, and I saw you playing it sometimes, you never got any hostility there. So is it something inherent with the Capcom community because that's there's so many eyes on those games compared to everything else? This is the weird thing. This is, this is very, very weird. And again, backwards thinking, backwards mentality. All right? You are only the hero... Up until the point where you become the villain. Yes. You. When I was playing MK9. Right. Of course. Everyone. Oh you're great. Thanks man. Thank you for playing our game. Have you. Have you noticed the other MK games so far. As they've come out. Have, I'll be have you seen how you, they've I treated not- me. No, because I, I didn't like MKX, and I never I haven't even touched MK11. Okay, well, uh, let me let me uh, summarize something Oh, and by the way, quickly. trust me when I tell you this, I know how toxic that community is. I'm only looking at it from an MK9 perspective and, and an Injustice 1, because obviously the community is much different now compared to what it was when MK9 would fill and the guys yep. would be running things. Shot. It only Trust me, I, I, that's what I, that's what worse. I'm only talking about. <laughs> it got worse as time went on. Um, KO, KOF again, same thing. Oh my God, Chris is playing KOF. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. And exactly what I said. You go, I go to these biggie events, and there's crickets. And the only time they clap is when I lose. <laughs> Anime games? Oh, man. Don't let this guy beat you. But, but at first, oh, man, Chris, she's picking up Persona? That's great news. That's right. Oh, man. We get 10 more viewers or 100 and, you know, on our streams. That's good. But we don't want him to win. Yep. Every game was like that. Every single game. And the hate only increased as the games came out as time right. went on because then be like wait a minute Krishy's in grand finals of kof which one of you idiots let that happen like they actually let them like they'll tell them that like whose fault is this what do you mean fault i'm just better than them like right. what uh, imagine imagine like like blaming 
another competitor for why another competitor got top three because he was better than them. And not even talk about like, oh, you know what? I got I got lucky. Like, no. It was just me when the guy would jump, just level two super. Oh, he jumped again, level two super. I didn't do combos. I just did level two super until he died. And I'm like, I mean, you're just bad at the game. Like, why 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 are you faulting me for learning it? Like, is it because I couldn't do these combos? And I think that's what it came down to. It, when me and Justin would win in games, they'd be like, yo, like, these guys didn't do any combos. And they beat you. Like, this is your life. You know, so it, it, I think what it came down to was that, like, maybe, just maybe, the other guys pretty much felt small for not being able to beat us at something that right. we're not supposed to play. And... Yeah, like, again, it, I guess the hate just got – just increased and increased. And then, you know, like the MK11 thing where I was in Summit and they were like, Chris G doesn't deserve to be on the Summit. And I'm like, right? but why? Why not? I, I've supported you guys since the beginning of time, and this is what this is what you do. I tested three of your games, and this right, is what right. you're going to – you know, like, it, it just it, – like I said, the – it, it it didn't change really, like in terms of, like, uh, to Chinatown Fair to like later on years. It, it seemed that a lot of people just became more hateful. As, as social media got bigger and bigger, people just started right. growing bigger balls and just started getting more disrespectful. <laughs> I don't know, man. It got weird. You know what? We just talked about all that, but even so, you know, you're still moving on. Was that Evo win the biggest hire for your FGC career? No, actually. Um, the, the the big moments really were uh, CEO, where I won MK9, because right. mm -hmm. that was the first time like I've ever experienced like true greatness. Which is weird, too, because, you know, like, coming back, getting second, you know, mm -hmm. and, and even winning local tournaments, like, being literally in front of everybody, and it's like, wow, like, I did this, you know, that that was big. TFC, I thought, was one of my, my biggest and best runs ever. Right. Because, because there was international players there, and... uh I ended up winning and I've ended up being the only American to qualify for Capcom cup and street fighter. Right. You know, which is big. Like I'm Chris G. I don't deserve to play street fighter four. I don't deserve to be in Capcom cup for this game, but here right, I am. Right. You know, so the Evo thing, and, and, and it goes back to why, uh, why I broke down at that, at that moment fighting RF. It was more like a like a weight had finally been lifted off my shoulders instead of like like oh my god I won Evo even though I did get that feeling it wasn't as big as the other tournaments because in in, in a weird sense maybe people were right maybe I really was just supposed to win Evo it was that easy like oh my god like I'll wake up today and win Evo yeah, so <laughs> You know, it was really just like, I finally did it. Like, Jesus Christ, like, now you can leave me alone. Dude, it, you know what, man? You have to explain to us 
that's something that so many, I want to say 99.9% of the community is never going to experience. It's just such a hard road to win that event. And, um, and, you know, this is even obviously talking about how it's going forward, because I really don't know the details about that. But what is it, you know, explain to us winning that event. This is the quote unquote granddaddy of them all. This is the considered the world championship. And you did it for a game that, you know, you put in a lot of work and you're going through, you know, tough fields. And, you know, this is around the time where the game where the pools were big, you know, where, where the, where the, um, the player quality was huge. I mean, you know, take us through that, that, that weekend specifically for that game. And you finally, and then finally ending with you being, you know, king of the mountain. That, there's, there's a very interesting story with that. I actually was not going to enter that EVO at all. Why not? Life had, (laughs) not going to say caught up to me, but in a sense, Things went really bad when I moved to California. That was when I had moved to California and things was going really wrong, really fast. And in a sense, I felt like I failed. Like going from New York where I was king to, you know, and and having my way, just doing whatever I wanted at any given moment to moving to California and feeling like, Wow, like I suck. Like I don't, I don't know what to do. There even came moments where like I'm losing basic tournaments, like because I, I was just losing myself, and um, the crazy thing was, I was actually gonna quit. I was gonna quit the FGC. I I told I told a bunch of people. I said I said I wasn't gonna go. There was a guy who hit me up. Very random, Rotendo, uh, from from Texas, I think actually, or, or Atlanta, but I think Texas. He hit me up, and he was like, "Hey, are you going to Evo?" And I was like, "I don't think so. I had no sponsor. You know, I again, I was I was back to hustling, and I thought at that moment I was like, you know what?" Maybe I'll just go back to the East Coast. You know, I like I actually felt like I failed. And so he he goes, you know what? Just just come. You know, I'll pay for everything. You can stay wow. with me. Wow. You know, and at that point, he was kind of trying to help me get on a team, even though I wasn't too optimistic about it. And he was like, look, you don't even have to rep anything. Just come. I feel like you can win. And I was like, you know what? Whatever, man. Like, this is it. This is it. Like, literally, if I would have lost Evo, th- th- I hate how the world works. I-, I literally said it. I said, if I lose Evo, that's it. <laughs> like, let's let's move on with life. We tried. All right. So, first time. First time at Evo. No sponsor. I have no jersey. It's just my clothing. I, I I think I was like, 
one of the only guys in any top eight that just wasn't anybody at that point, right? Like at this time, I right, I right. felt like a nobody. All right, so you know, going through pools, whatever. Uh, what? I oh my god! I think <laughs> that was the Joey D incident. Where I broke again, and it, it was it was two one me. I have I have X Factor level three Virgil <laughs> against his no X Factor incoming Virgil. I have Bar <laughs> V Trigger, wow V Trigger <laughs> X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> Everything there is, there yeah, is about you had, you had all the resources. There is literally a one percent chance that I could lose, and I found that way. I so I tried to dash, and I got level four, <laughs> and he kills me. Right, dog. I exploded. Like, I, I felt like at that moment, wow, get me out of here. Like, I don't deserve to be here. Like, you experienced, I don't deserve a big time low. Yep. At that moment in the middle of a tournament, I was like, this is, this is probably the worst thing that could ever happen in my life at this exact moment. Like, at this point, I'm failing. I'm failing everything. Life sucks. I got no sponsor. You know, it's just dolo, right? Like, there's no way. Like, what? Like, okay. Right, so I break what down. What turned it around? Uh, so I think I had Fnatic. Um, Priest at that moment, too? And, and of course, uh, Angie. You know, like, they were just really trying to calm me down. Everyone's screaming. Like, mind you, like, at this point, like, I could pretty much feel people. And, and you know, like, I, I guess it just, it just came all crashing down where I'm like, yo, like, I can't control my emotions. I can't control my nerves right now. And, you know, so they, they finally, like, they finally calmed me down. And Joey D just looking at me like, oh, man, I'm about to beat this guy next game. It's over. <laughs> I got him right where I want him, right? Yup, yup. Oh man, it, this is it. It's over for this guy. <laughs> and you know, so I, I pulled it together. I beat him. All right. Then I beat Ryan LV, and I made top eight. And. It's really weird. For Evo and every Evo I've ever attended, I only cared about making top eight. This is the weird thing. Making top eight was my only goal. Whatever happens after making top eight is a bonus. I really wanted that medal. Even more than the win. I really wanted the medal to, to, to prove to everyone that this is a consistent thing. I'm right, always right. going to get this medal. And, and time will show that I was there every time. And... Yeah, the history you know, so will boom. show Chris G top eight again. Yep. So, boom. 
Sunday, I'm ready. Now, that night, that was a weird night. I was about to ask, I felt, you know, did you sleep well? No. <laughs> it, I kind of was just there, just just chilling, just, just, you know, hands on my head, you know, just thinking what I'm going to do. Like, you know, of course, Angie's just trying to console me, and I'm – I'm gone. Like I, I just felt like at all these moments I was always gone. Like I, I was so, and I feel like even to a certain point, like even today, like my mind be just messed up at times. And you know, so I'm just thinking. I'm like, man, like this is it. You know, like this could just be like my last, my last time, my last Evo, and your last. I get a sponsor, and I remember, I remember Angie uh, asking me. She's like. Hey, what are you gonna wear? And I felt like that was more important than anything else. You know, we're just chilling. We're 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 in the hotel room. I'm just on the bed, just like just like I'm depressed for some reason. Like even though I'm in top eight, but I was like, you know what? I think I know what to do. And. Boom. Before you go on, before you go on, it's part of that depression because you mentioned it. You didn't have no sponsor. You felt like you didn't have anything. Was that part of the depression? Because you know how good you are. You know how talented you are. And you don't have nobody, you know, having your back, helping you out. Is, Is that part of it? I think... What, what what people have always said about me is I am my worst I am my own worst enemy. So most of the tournaments I've ever lost, it was my own fault. I would break, I would crack, I would I would make silly mistakes, I like I, I would hate myself, I'd punch my stick sometimes, like a lot of times I just I just couldn't hold it together. And like this was just another one of those times where I was like I I'm trying so hard, you know, but there's so much it, everything just always comes back. It's always like the memories, the past, everything just leads up into that exact moment in time where I I just can't take it. Like my hands would literally be shaking and I wouldn't be able right. to control it. Even after the matches were done, I still wouldn't be able to control it. I had no control over myself. I was breaking. I was dying. Like literally in a sense, I'm killing myself. And so so in between that time, like you said, you're there with uh, your friends at night and you're just I'm sure you're like just rocking back and forth. This might be my last hurrah. I'm in top eight for Marvel three. This is Evo. And between that time. And the time you take the stage to begin, you know, the top eight, what changed? That morning, my outfit. I I finally decided, you know what? I'm going to go out for the first time as me. You know, and, and my first opponent was none other than Justin Wong. <laughs> Oh, yes. 
And if there was, and of course, you know, there's a history between us, and we fought at almost every Evo. Like, this was just it. It was just another time. Another time we were going to play each other. And that set, I don't know if you've seen it. Right? So obviously, I, I woke up that. I woke up that morning, I put on my dress shirt, I put on a vest, put on some slacks, some dress shoes, and I just came out there just, just living my best life, and... Professional Chris like, Chief, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it it felt good, like, it, that's always how I've always wanted to look. I've always wanted to, to look different than everybody else. I've always wanted to dress nicer. And, and like I said, I wanted everything. I wanted more of everything. And and that was that moment that I could show like, hey, I get to look nice while doing my thing. And so first game, Justin Wong. I played it just like another game. And, and I felt like as the matches went on, I played every match like just another game. Like, this is just You're another relaxed. person. Yep. Even though the match went 3-2, like, down to the wire, and this time I had, you know, I had finally beat him again. Uh, I felt like a- another weight had been lifted off my shoulder, and now I could just focus on the rest of the tournament. And that was what happened. Matches went on. It looked like I started beating people worse and worse, worse, like, <laughs> like, I, I became unstoppable. After Justin, it, I was, I was actually hype to pit rematch. Like, that was Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yup. And then grand finals happened, right? I'm fighting Kane Blue River. At this point, we're actually going back and forth. Like, at first, I was able to beat him because, oh, yeah, I mean, he's playing Hulk. Who the hell cares? I'm just going to beat him. <laughs> and and then there came a point where life is getting bad for me. And I'm losing to him now. And I'm like, wow. It's my, my hardships in my life is now showing through my gameplay. I'm losing right, to right. Hulk. I'm losing to Hagar. And I'm losing to Sentinel. Team Big Body. As Morgan. Yep, I'm, I'm actually losing I know, to right? now. <laughs> And, and, you know, again, it, it was showing. I, I, I think I lost him, like, two, three tournaments in a row. And they were free. He made me look like I was definitely not playing a character with fireballs. Like, I was playing Ryu again. And, it goes to show you his but, dedication as well, man. He put in a lot of work. God bless him, you know? Yep. And 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 if anybody knows, Cane Blue River is a type of person to smell blood. When he knows, yo, oh, my God, Chris is not Chris right now. That sit take full advantage of it. Like he gonna get hit with every H. He gonna get hit on every incoming. Everything <laughs> right, hit. right. And he played that way, and everything did hit. Everything did work. <laughs> and like you know. So so that Evo playing him, I was finally calm and collected, and like he beat me the first game on some, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I don't know if it was on purpose or an accident, but he did the greatest thing ever. 
And at that moment, right, so it's 1-0 Game Blue River. <laughs> Another Evo I might potentially lose again. But I was like, you know what? I actually was like, that was good stuff. You know what? The game plan doesn't change. I, I Like, it finally clicked in my head. I'm not supposed to change how I play. I just need to play me. Right, and, right. And play it, your I game. should win. I should win by default. And that's it started to show as game and game and game. And this is me. Just hitting the rematch button like this. I was like, I don't want him to think. And for some reason, he didn't either. He just kept hitting rematch too. Wow. And then boom, six games in a row. And like, like that realization where I was like, wow, all I had to do was play my game and I win. Like every other major I've won before that, like, like every other stepping stone that I had to, you know, step over. I, that's why like, it even shows in the video where I'm just like, it's like a sigh of relief where I'm like, wow, like. Jesus Christ! Finally, <laughs> like, like goddamn it! Yeah, I'm, I'm there, and this was the first year at the Mandalay Bay, so this is finally yes. like the first grand stage, of you course. know. And I'm, I'm like, you know, and you're having tons of people. Literally, you guys are in the middle. Everybody's like looking down. It looks like a college auditorium, but it's all over the place. Yep, and you know, like to a certain extent. I was happy that that was the one. Like every other time I fought, I felt like I didn't fight for myself. But that was that was the first time I finally went, you know what? I don't care anymore. Like this is it. I, I got nothing to lose. And, and maybe that was that mindset that I needed. I have nothing to lose anymore. And that was what got me to that point in the first place. And it, it showed. It showed in my gameplay. And I just, I, I did it. And it, fi it felt great. Like, you know, it felt great to finally all of just us, do it. A lot of us were happy for you. I mean, again, big evil title. You just went through it, what you were feeling. You know, you're on cloud nine. And never underestimate what a good, uh, you know, a good suit would do to somebody, right? And, Look good, feel good, you know, man. Uh, no, it, it, I'm sure it's like you felt weight off your shoulders. And, you know, he, I'm like, here, I'm Chris G. You know, I finally did this. I went through a gauntlet, but, you know, like you said, you were feeling completely down and you managed to find yourself. That's freaking awesome, man. It's like, it, like, like you said, it was just something just finally just off your shoulders, right? Did you feel so much relief afterwards? Man. <laughs> yeah, it. You should, I, I felt like, I felt like the word of the day was finally. Literally every single person that hit me up said the exact same thing. Like, even before congratulations, it was finally. Like, on my Twitter, <laughs> finally, you did it. God damn it, you know, like. You know, first of all, congratulations, but, you know, I have to ask. Who the heck was that? 
that jumped up of on, course, the, on the I was, stage. I was I, I, honestly, I was I'm like, is this like some random ass mumble rapper that nobody told me about? Like, did, yeah, did you that, that ever guy, even, you know, I have like everybody's like, who is this? Did you ever even run a set with the guy, or you just laughed him off? That guy, like you said, mumble rapper. If if that <laughs> guy ever bill, this, if that guy ever makes an album. I hope that's his first album cover. Like that guy. I so like I I went digging um when when that whole thing happened, I went digging like found out a little bit about the guy. He was some Vegas local that uh apparently according to a few people, he um he was asking to play other people, but I guess a bunch of people said no. This is this is what was told to me. So right. a bunch of people said no, and I, and obviously it's evil, right? Like I'm gonna let right, right, right. this random guy who played me. Like I'm trying to practice for tournaments, stuff like that. Like I'm trying to get my mind right, and like this guy just comes out of nowhere. Um, I guess I guess because of that situation, he might have. Thought, you know what? If I can't play these guys, I'll play the winner. You're in my hometown, so I deserve an exhibition right away. Yep. Now, there's there's a few things uh, I like to clarify about that guy. One. Please, by all means, do. One. He made the conscious decision to buy tickets that day. Well, that for this weekend, Evo, right? So he... He he's smart enough to do that, right? Two, he bought tickets for Sunday, right? So he was there Sunday. Three. This is this is the most important one. This is the funnier one. Even before the four, which is he went up on stage. Three. He made the conscious decision to take off his shirt. <laughs> Now, I'm not I'm not too sure he had a bag. But he definitely had his controller. So you know, I he was he was ready. He was ready for that moment. Like like I was ready to win Evo. He was ready to challenge whoever won. Right. So he goes up on stage. Walks by everybody. Now, this is the thing, right? Evo never had much security. I was told, I was told that Evo, because one of my friends almost got into a fight. One of my friends almost choked somebody out because there was a punch getting thrown and we had to defuse it ourselves. Now, I was told that Evo, that Thank God that we defused it ourselves because they only had like three people there. Three security guards. For like thousands of people. Right? But whatever, right? He goes up on stage. No one stops the guy. (laughs) (laughs) No, No one asks. No one asks any questions. No one says anything. The guy walks up. And I guess at this point, right, since he's walking up to me, 
I guess maybe he knows me, right? Like maybe that would have been like what people are. I'm your thinking. biggest fan. Yeah, right. Or maybe you know, since he has no shirt, I know this guy from New York, yo. He's from the block, <laughs> Like, so he walks up to me, like I'm like, I'm, I'm startled because of what, and he was like, <laughs> that's right. And he's like, so I don't know exactly what he said, but it went along these lines, um, like I'm not done. Until I play him. Right? I'm not finished, so I'm not done until I play him. So, I was like, uh, yeah, all right, man. I mean, I didn't say all right. I was like, uh, I, I don't know. All right. 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 So I, I kind of brushed him off. But the interesting thing is that he actually plugged, he was plugged his controller. He was oh, ready. Did he? Oh, yes. Wow. And right then and there, it was like, hey, get the hell off the stage. <laughs> I, I, think, yeah, I, the... I think the video footage is the funniest part because it just shows him like, like, like cops got him. <laughs> yeah. he, I didn't do it. <laughs> you know, here I am. I was about to give the guy credit for, you know, dodging this, uh, you know, big high security at the Mandalay Bay. You only tell me there's three nope. people there. Okay. No credit for you, my friend. <laughs> my man, you know, there was there was a video somebody showed me like years later. Like but this is like TMZ footage at this point where they actually show him coming up to the stage. And I was like, wait a minute, you really? told me you had this the whole time? And you never showed anyone? It actually showed him like, yo, I'm I'm about to do this. Yo, let's go. <laughs> the balls on that guy, man. But yeah, it's funny. But at, at the same time, it could have gotten dangerous very quickly. Like uh, I actually, you know, we're laughing about it here, man. But uh, you know, sometimes and you've seen it in other sporting events where it's like this, you know, random people go up to uh, these athletes, these players of anything, and it's like, it's not to give them a hug, you know, it's more to like, you know, stab them or something, but thank God yep. it didn't escalate to that, you know what I'm saying? But uh, moving on, man, Um, you know, you got your big Evo win. You said that at the time, you know, you were sponsorless. Um, This is a big uh, coming out party for you again. Did you start getting a few offers right away afterwards or, you know, were you still wondering what your future holds? Uh. So, might have been like a month or two afterwards, right? Um, you know, I, I I made my money, so I was just like, all right, you know what? I'll, I'll chill for a little bit, right? Let's 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 see what could happen. Um, because even before that, I was getting offers, right? Even like now with no sponsor, I'm still getting offers, but it was like back in the day. Hey, man, if you if you get a little bit of it. <laughs> Uh, if you join our team, we can give you exposure. It's like, uh, you don't need you know exposure. who I am. I'm Chris Chief. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> like, what, you, you give me a thousand more followers? Okay. <laughs> All right. At that at that point, you know, I was I was looking for the, the big, the big dogs. Like, I had just one Evo now, especially. Like, I only right. want the big dogs. Um, that should open you know, the a couple door months, up to, you for, to the big boys. Yep. A couple months later. Boom. With, with the announcement of Marvel Infinite, 
that was where uh I'm not I'm not sure if that was the time, but I know they hit me up and they uh I forgot who it was. AJ. AJ the the previous the previous um manager for for EG. Like he hit me up and he's like I think it's time. And then boom. I got the offer to be part of EG. Um, so at this point, the the funny thing is like, we it, there, there was always this running joke on me and Justin can't be on the same team. Right. There was always a running joke that. like it, it's me against Justin. Right. There's no way I could be with Justin. You know, we can't be we can't be teammates. Justin was still on EG at the time. <laughs> I, we're about to announce me. Justin leaves EG. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Any conspiracy uh, theories come out of that? Uh, it it was it was pretty funny. Like it it was fate, and you know, like I finally like had a, a really good sponsor. I mean, you know, we're not gonna talk about fast forward to twenty twenty. You know, and bad things happen, but you know, at the time I was like, be- "Wow, it's it's EG, like a finally evil geniuses." You know, this turned around for you. Obviously, you're finding yourself again. Um, I'm assuming you're finding yourself. You're still playing your games. You're still training. You know, you got your big win. I guess if you want to think about it, you proved a lot of people wrong because that's what that's why they troll, I guess. And um. You know, fast forward a little bit. Uh, Street Fighter Four is now dying. That generation, that boom, is finally starting to slow down. We're starting to get now. Um, you know, Street Fighter Five, the new, I guess if you want to call them the new wave of fighting games. That started, I believe, it started off with you know part Killer Instinct, and then you know Street Fighter Five drops. It's it's a mixed bag. It's understandable. It's a brand new game. Some people love things some about it. Some people hate things about it. But it's still your job to compete. You know, now you're uh, with a big sponsor like Evil Geniuses. Like, explain to us, like, is it easier for you now that you that you have EG behind you compared to previous uh, teams? Did do at you know at the time does EG take care of their players more? As in, like, let's get you out to more events. You know, we're gonna cover we're gonna cover your expenses more because by all means, we listen, we, everybody knows EG. They're mainly a, a big time player in uh, FPSs and just gaming in general. FGC is still very small compared to their other gaming divisions, but you know, what's it like being with a big time sponsor? What's it like, you know, reaching that higher sponsorship? Um, how do I put this? It, this is not gonna go well. Um, it's it was the exact opposite of what should have been fantastic. When I joined the EG, they had just pretty much like rebranded themselves as a player-owned uh, company. What this meant was the players, which is PPD and and uh, right, right, and Phil, 
they were gonna pretty much run the thing, run the show. Yeah, I was I was getting um I was getting my flights and stuff paid for it like any other sponsor. But it seemed that the disconnect couldn't have been wider. And like at some point I felt like I was just uh, a placeholder for Justin. Like uh, what what should have what should have been a big thing did not feel that way at all. I felt like a nobody uh, on on a team of of what should have been greats. Because when they did when they did the announcement video for me, they did the departure video for Justin, and the right. announcement I... video, the announcement video for me was just oh yeah we got Chris G. That it was it. should have been. It should have been. We got Chris G. You know, top level player. Just, what you're basically saying is Justin should not have gotten a like a celebratory goodbye video because it took away from your accomplishment. I, I get what you're saying. I'm you know I'm not even then on or, or, or anything the, like the, that. The, the timing should have been different. You know what I mean? Yes. And to me, what I thought I was joining was a prestige organization. Well, you said, right? Takes care of their players. I There was no communication. Well, yeah, because, again, EG is different compared to the previous teams that you mentioned, like, uh, you know, VBV, AGE. Again, they're on a different level, at least as perceived. You were there, so. When, when, I, when I joined, you know, and even before that, right, like, people, people would tell me, like, oh, you know, EG is the real deal and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to mention any names and so on and so forth, but, you know, people used to say, hey, like, they, they were better before. Like, you're on the team now. This is the worst it's ever been. And I'm like, dog, what? Like, wh- why? What? What's going on? Like, I had no idea what was going on, and it seemed to me that a lot of people didn't know what was going on either. And I was kind of just, like, floating, floating through, through the months and stuff while EG figured out what they were going to do. And then they did the whole rebranding, and that flopped instantly. Then, uh, I guess PPD stood down, joined another team, and then uh, they rebranded again. And then they became, you know, what they are now, right? Uh, was this suit? Uh, was this suits at the time running it, or was it still gamers? No, um, it was gamers. It wasn't until Nicole stepped in. Which is the uh, the person running the show now? Uh, I think it's with Peak Six and whoever else or whatever, right? Before they got bought out, and but, I but thought... why the changes? You know, like why the changes? Uh, was it because the fighting game scene was slowing down, coming to a slowdown, and they didn't know how to keep up with it, or they didn't have any new business ideas? Why? Why such a shift? You know, why two rebrandings in as as much time? Um, what again? Why? Were you were were I'm, you privy to any of that information, or were you just doing you? I, I'm not too sure. Uh, they, I guess, at some point they thought that they could do it themselves. You know, like hey, like maybe we could just, you know, just call the shots and run things and see how it goes. Uh, right. But then I, I guess they realized, you know what, like. 
maybe if something bigger comes along and with more money and you know more ideas and maybe we could get our players more things you know because remember the, uh, i think at that point they even let go of their halo team and their starcraft yes. players they let go of everything and like i i thought i was joining something great and it became this whole dog like am i really just discount justin like that's that's how i felt and and to a right, certain right. extent they, they kind of made me feel that way um and I would always tell them, like, look, I want to do more. I want more money. I want more jobs. I want I want to be more active in the scene. I want to make videos. I want to go to conventions. I was shut down for everything. And I'm just sitting there like, damn, like, why? And, you know, everyone that I would talk to, they'd be like, damn, man, I'm sorry for you, man. Like, you, you joined at the worst moment. And I'm like, wow. At that point, I was like, look, I've, I've joined so many teams. If I leave, I'm, I might be screwed. Like, I can't leave Evil Geniuses. Like, do you know what would happen if I leave Evil Geniuses? Like, I'm done. Like, I that is the biggest team, like, at the time. You know, besides for, like, Echo Fox and stuff. But, again, they, they're not going to like someone like me. Right? All I do is get in what? trouble and stuff like that. And Evil Genius did any, give me. I'm sorry. Was there anybody listening to you? Um, your feedback. Hey, I I want to do extra things. I'm not just a one trick pony. You know, I want to be a content creator for you guys. I want to, you know, take the flag with me if I have to go and promote it. Was there anybody listening to you? Listening nope. to you? Excuse me. Nope. I've I've always like even even when I had joined. Uh, uh, what you call it? Temple Storm, right? I was yes. like, yo, like I want more. I want to do more things and stuff. And I remember when we were even, you know, discussing things. They were like, why should you get more than a Smash player? A Smash player that don't even win. And I was like, yo, don't disrespect me like that. Like that's mad disrespectful. Like it, 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 it always seems to me that people look down on me and stuff because they know they can control me because of what I've written on Twitter and social media. And it, what, what makes things really sad is that I'm always told when I get shut down that, hey, man, look, we took a chance or, or hey, man, like, you know, we can't really do this because of so-and-so and – you know, like your your past, and I, I've been told that so many times in my life. And with EG, especially like up like 2020, and everything that went wrong, that was pretty much it. Like, yeah, I was I was getting more like more money, but I still wanted to do more. And you know, everything like with the whole uh. You know, I guess not to get to the political and stuff like that, but again, like with with the stuff that happened and the whole canceling and blah 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 blah, like I I knew in, in to some extent, not knew, but I I felt I felt worthless, and I remember I remember the day that I that I was pretty much forced to go to uh, Seattle. I was told, hey. 
if you don't come, you're fired. And in my head, I was like, look, like, I've been loyal to you guys. Like, I've been doing everything. I haven't gotten in trouble. I've been doing my best. I've been representing you guys well. I've been winning. I got top eight Evo. Like, why is this still happening? You know, the summit thing, I got kicked out of summit, all this stuff. Let, and... let, let, let me stop you there for a second before you go on. You know, let, let, let me just stop you there for a second. We already know what happened. We know what you wrote on Twitter. And um, you're fast forwarding to 2020, but what you wrote on Twitter was three years, uh, you know, three years prior, I believe it was 2017, you know, you apologized, you said what you had to say, it was a moment in time when you were just angry, I understand, everybody understand it, everybody moved on. Fast forward to 2020, you're still with EG, and again, I read some of it, you know, I read as much as anybody could, I'm not going to say I'm an expert on the subject. I have asked people, but my but from my understanding is, you know, um, you moved out to Seattle, and I don't know if there was a corporate restructure and everything. Where unfortunately, you were the victim of basically just you know you, you got the boot, you you basically everything you worked for, and you know you're a stand up citizen after everything that happened. It, it's it, it's very odd that it, they would take three years to do that. And when it did go down, like you said it, I'm doing everything right. I'm winning. Um, you know, I'm I'm being a good uh, player. I'm being a good uh, repre representative of the brand. You know, did you feel betrayed when they did that to you? Yes, because that moment. Again, I. They'd always use this term family. They're like, yo, Chris, yo, we're going to keep you for the log haul, man. Like, just be patient with us. You know, when when all the other teammates left and stuff, like, they were like, you know, like, I feel really bad, and it sucks that, like, you know, K-Brad's gone, you know, PR Rog's gone, uh, Justin's gone, you know, but we got we got you and Ricky. It's like, you know, you guys are really cool, family, and, you know, like, we, we want to grow with you. And so that moment, when when that phone call happened and i was told to make the move to uh to seattle i like what cuz angie was there and i didn't like i i fought like i broke i literally broke that day it was another moment in life where i broke i was so angry i was so frustrated and i felt so used you know, because I was I was pretty much told that like, you know, other players were more important than me, and that, and that uh, like all the stuff that that I've gone through and, and blah 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 like, this is why I'm here and that I could only get this sponsor and if I leave that the, there's no other sponsor that's gonna want me. Like I'm being told these things, and it's like. What what am I supposed to do? Like like what what how much how much more do I have to suffer? You know, so I was so confused, I was so hurt and you know like I I just believed in that maybe that person, that that freaking COO, whoever the hell that guy is, that hey, maybe maybe he does know what's right for me. You know, and he he did he did promise me things, and you know, like, 
And she told me, she was like, don't, like, if you go, they're going to fire you. Like, she straight up told me that. She said, you're, it's, it's only a matter of time. You're done. And I, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave, but I didn't, I didn't know what else to do. I, I felt like if I, if I stayed, and even if I might have been happy, I'd lose it all. And I, and I right. again, like, my greed, my, my hatred, my, my rage – it was all channeled into that one moment where I thought, maybe if I have money, I'll be happy. Like, this is the one thing I've been fighting. Maybe if I get more money, I can make more decisions, blah, blah, blah. So I, I took the leap. And then, you know, like, the, the, the stuff happened as it happened. And they made an example out of me. And the, the worst part about that is that, cool. You see, and I'm saying cool because it's not cool, but, uh, you know, to to lessen the blow, they could have been like, all right, you know what? Like, we really didn't want to do this, but, you know, we've, uh, we have to make a decision. And I'm sorry, Chris G, you know, he's now removed from, from Evil Genius. I might have accepted that. But the fact that, like, the higher ups in EG was like, yo. We have to destroy this guy and clear our name. And they literally called me like a woman harasser. Right. Like, I have never, I have never done anything like that in my life. The fact that, like, everything that happened the way it happened, like, dog, I never did anything. I literally never did anything to anyone. Like, I don't attack people. Freaking, I'm not racist, that's for sure. Like, but it 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 just seemed that like, like again, like they don't they don't want they didn't want me to succeed, and they felt like if, if I'm still succeeding in 2020, then that seems to be a disre- disrespect to all women, to all black people, to all liberals to all righteous speakers i don't i don't know like like it felt like that was what was going on like oh my god if we don't remove this guy we are the worst people on the planet it's like dog that's it's crazy this is literally crazy talk you know it's uh april 2021 this happened in 2020 um between that time you know you've been bouncing around obviously did you I mean, like you said, that guy, that COO, did you ever try to sit down with somebody in the higher ups to see why it, why they did what they did? Or did you just accept it and just moved on? <laughs> you knew you lost, you know, this is obviously a big blow for you. Uh, like, how did, you know, um, again, no, did, did you try to I... reach out to somebody from the team that's like, guys, I, I need a definite answer. Because this is, quite frankly, a bunch of BS what you guys did to me. You could have amicably separated ways, but the way you went about it is it's just, you know, you destroyed me for no reason when just a simple thank you for your services could have done. Yeah, and and that's, you see, they could have at least did that, right? The fact that they didn't even do that, you know, I, I tried to get answers, you know, uh, I even I even tried to hit up Ricky, no response. Freaking uh, all the higher ups, Michael, 
uh, Steven, uh, not Nicole, because obviously it was her decision, right? right? And, and I and I assume that that wording was also hers. Um, right. But again, like Phil, who I thought you know, I could actually trust, who told me to trust him that this was going to happen. And even the night before I got fired, he told me to trust him. Like, it, this, this is the crazy, like, he literally said, yo, like, I got this. Just, just listen to me. We are going to do this. And it, it didn't matter. So the fact like that, that happened. And then they, they pretended that, you know, I, I don't exist. All right. right. Like, Goodbye, Chris. We he was never even part of EG. You know what I mean? Like, still, still to this day, I I don't really have an answer. <laughs> like, I I wish I wish you know, I did. Like, may, maybe even some type of like freaking clarity, or something. You know, um, we just sat here, Steve. Uh, you know, we're almost at the three hour mark. We discussed your career. You've experienced the highest of highs, the lowest of lows in this scene. Um, unfortunately, what happened with EG happened, and I fully, I, I, I'm fully on your side. They should have never, you know, let you let you go like that. That's just wrong. But um, what what's next for you? Is gaming even something in your radar for the future? Right now, I'm in Vegas. In 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 a span of two years, I've moved what three 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 times in a year. In a year, I moved three times, and so I'm chilling here, right? I'm I'm renting out a room and a house and. I mean, like, th this whole pandemic, all this crap's going on, and what, the funny thing is that, like, people seem to forget everything that I did. Like, like it was never a problem in the first place. And right. I just exist. Have you about coming back to New York? I don't know. Like, I, I go to sleep, and I wake up, Every day, just just thinking about disappearing, just literally, just just shutting it all off, and just leaving, and just like no trace, like Mike Ross, literally, no one knows where I am, just no one can connect with me, no one can call me, no one can reach me, just just go somewhere and just never look back, um. You know, but again, we got to make money. So, yeah. money stream, isn't everything, but it helps. Yep, I stream and I work out because I feel like at least if I can't do what I do or be happy in a sense, I could at least look good, and maybe that'll do the whole look good, feel good thing. I, Try to psych myself out. I don't know. But other than that, it's like. Dude, you know, <laughs> oh, man, low key, the FGC has a lot of, I don't want to call them gym rats, but man, there's a lot of people who really, you know, like hitting the weights. You know what I'm saying? 
That is true. A lot of people are like, oh man, those guys are just full of BO and everything like that. And to a certain extent is true, but man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of gym rats in this scene. I really, I, I really be feeling like, like, it's just a lot of anger and frustration being in the FGC and, I mean, lifting weights was literally one of the best outlets for that. Especially if we can't com- compete and do what we do. Right. I mean, wh- why not? Why not punch a bag? <laughs> like, I, that, that, I, I don't know. It, it, it sounds it sounds weird and, and, and even funny, but I mean, it, it is it is a way. It is an outlet. Other than that, like, I wouldn't know what I'd be doing. If COVID didn't happen, how many events would you be going to? Would you try to be going out if, to as many or? If COVID didn't happen. would it happen a second after? Right. If COVID didn't happen, I think I'd probably have like $50,000 in cash to do whatever I wanted. Wow. If COVID didn't happen, I wouldn't have gotten fired, which means I would still be EG which means I would be making more money than I've ever made in my life. But now it's funny too, because, you know, people, they mention reasons why I, I did get fired, but let's be real. It, it was killing two birds with one stone. There's no events. Right. They don't have to pay me anymore and they get to look good. So <laughs> they get to turn themselves face while you're the heel. Yep, and on top of that, I don't think that if COVID happened, that whole movement would not have happened. I'm, I really believe that. And if it did happen, it wouldn't have happened to the extent that it happened. Because I was EG when they tried to cancel me, what, less than a year before that? With the whole uh summit? Right. So, I mean, I was still EG. While getting canceled twice. The third time I got canceled is when I get canceled. Like, you know what I mean? It, in a weird cool. way, it's three, it, it's three strikes and you're out, right? Yep. It, it, man. So, yeah, I, I don't like to imagine what <laughs> what life would be like if I had a lot more money. But uh, I would have a lot more money. You'll be putting up your feet, you know, and sipping on margaritas, I guess, right? Oh, for sure. I would have a house by now, actually. Not even kidding. I would definitely might even have a pool. I could probably be in a pool right now. Where would that house be? No, no, probably Bermuda, Vegas, actually. Bahamas. <laughs> right? Actually, yeah, right? Just t- <laughs> taking that uh, disappearing thing to literal, right? Get like a house in Puerto Rico and just... Enjoy life. Like, I'd, I'd be enjoying life. There you go, man. Hey, listen, Chris. I want to thank you very much for coming on with us. It was a great three hours. Boy, the time flies when you're having fun, right? When you're just chatting. <laughs> I'm going to play league. That's what I'm going to do with my damn day. <laughs> before, we, before we go, man, where could people reach you? What are your social media outlets? Where can your fans, um, you know, reach out to Chris G, say hello? Let us know, please. I mean, same thing. Just my name, NY Chris G. It hasn't changed. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. 
all NY Chris G. And guys, ten years in the making. Ten years in the making, and uh, FGC, uh, as far as I'm concerned, one of the, the top players in the last 15 years, man. You worked hard. It showed. Unfortunately, what happened happened, but you know what? You accomplished a lot of things a lot of people in this scene say they could never do. You know, they're part of it, but I'm sure a lot of people envy your talents. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And, and of uh, course, I appreciate uh, being on. No, thank you once again, man. And guys, that was another great episode of KPB Cast. You can find the podcast over at Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio. It will be premiering first on Twitch.tv. Um, we'll let you know when that happens. Then later on, record it on YouTube for video goodness of me and Chris. If you love watching people talk. And Chris, I, once again, man, I want to say thank you very much. I really appreciate your time, my friend. Whenever you want to come back on just to BS with, you know, with either me or Rodney, please let us know, man. Thank you very much. Have yourself a good day and take care, my friend. Peace out, guys. This has been a KPB MediaWorks production.